This episode of Weekend Confirmed is brought to you by the Gamefly app, the must-have app for gamers, with info on over 50,000 console, handheld, iOS, and PC games. Get the Gamefly app for free today on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. We can confirm. Ignition. Liftoff. Liftoff. Welcome to Weekend Confirmed, everybody. My name is Garnet Lee. Very happy to be with you. Hope you are surviving or have already, by the time you heard this, survived Friday the 13th. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's very dramatic there. There's Mr. Jeff Kanata rocking the Cap America shirt today. That's me. Uh, I, need to do a, I need to do a plug right at the top because Double Jump, two episodes are already out. A third will be out on Tuesday. And uh, Christian Spicer, regular guest, friend of the show, and I are very proud of this video game comedy show we made. And if every single person who listens to Weekend Confirmed goes to YouTube, the Nerdist channel, and watches Double Jump, chances are we'll get to make more of them. So please. Which would be very good. Go watch it. We're really proud of them. I think they're really funny. And we have some great guests. And Ted Price this last week. Have Randy Pitchford coming up on, tu- on Tuesday. Had Sessler already. I don't want to give away the comedy skit for that episode, but it's brilliant. Thank it's, you, it's sir. Really good. Thank you for watching. By the way, Ozzy here with us today. Yes. Hey, how's everyone, how's everyone doing today? And they can't answer you, Ozzy. Yes, they can. <laughs> they can answer to their to their iPods or whatever they're and, listening to on. And look like Mandy- crazy people. Yeah. <laughs> Ozzy Mandy is the master of the rhetorical podcast question. Yeah, and rounding out the uh, power the power team here is Andrew Yoon. Howdy. Master of all things in the uh, Shack domain. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, do I have to respond to that? No. Clearly, it, clearly, that, that, clearly not very masterful. That, see, you're not a masterful at the rhetorical question. <laughs> you don't you don't have to respond to that. All right. So uh, we have tons and tons to talk about. We've got games. I played some Puppeteer. Jeff has the latest WoW patch. I actually have not seen. Um, oh, Ozzy was a late ad, so I don't even know what. Ozzy, what are you even playing? What are you going to talk about? Well, I'm probably going to get people pumped for the wonderful 101. Ah, that would be awesome. Yep. Yeah, Wonderful 101 would be awesome. And Andrew has stuff too. Yeah, I have, I'm, I'm writing it down. I'm trying to figure out what I'll talk about. I, I played Dying Light. That's Fantasia, what I want to hear about. Oh, I want to hear about uh, Dying Light. Used Oculus, Probably uh, catch Assassin's up. Creed 4. Catch us uh, up on PAX. Batman Arkham Origins. Dying, and, oh, Dying Light. Uh, and it, it keeps on going on. Peggle 2. Uh, I mean, and it's, he, it's more Peggle. Yeah, I was just going to say, you yeah. can probably say that in four <laughs> words. And Andrew had, uh, Andrew had played some Puppeteer at PR events, you know, pre-release. Mm. And I've been playing Puppeteer over the weekend and today, or yesterday. Yeah. And I'm really happy with that. So there's that. We have uh, Sony's Japanese press conference, wherein Ooh. they uh, announced the release date of the PlayStation 4 in Japan. Yeah. Plus a new Vita. Vita C. Vita C. We've got, uh, <laughs> we've got some other news. Oh, wait, we've got no, your stuff coming back. <laughs> so we're going to launch right into it. I think we should jump right into the Sony stuff from Japan, because, of course, we have Tokyo Game Show coming up. Andrew headed over to Tokyo next week. And when he comes back, he'll be able to give us the uh, inside man from I'm going to be playing so many dating sims. It's going to be great. Awesome. I'm sure it's really... Did you see, actually, we, we got a press release this week that some... Uh, what was the name of it? Some dating sim, some mobile phone dating sim from Japan has been uh, localized for North America. I'm reading this, I'm thinking... Is that really going to be successful? Is that really Isn't uh, the mobile phone already a dating sim? Oh, it's a phone. 
call girls on it. I mean, we all love Persona, so I, I, I don't think we can really make fun of that genre anymore. I, I, whatever, whatever you I, get, I wasn't it making won't... fun of it. Actually, I, I I will not lie and say that I wasn't. You know, it it can't be any like, more. Bizarre. I wonder if I should try this. It could be interesting. <laughs> It can't possibly be any more bizarre than the Gigolo minigame from Killer is Dead. So already we, I, we have I, a I'm bar curious that. if they're, they're going to make a free-to-play dating game where all you have to do is just keep on buying virtual currency in order to make your <laughs> girlfriend happy. Like, just as, as every date goes on, she gets progressively more demanding. Like, first few dates, like, oh, yeah, you can go to Burger King. What? That, that's fine. But then, like, Virtual Burger King. But, yeah, but then, like, by date 10, and she's like... Where 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 the ring? Like, baby, the I want to go to Morton's. I, I want to go to Virtual Morton's. The <laughs> views of Andrew Yoon do not necessarily represent the views of the Weekend Confirmed podcast. My, my girlfriend listens to the show, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I, I would say if it was realistic, there would be a bell curve of expense. Uh, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I, I, I would assume that the other gameplay would play into like. What are you saying you, there, Jeff? You mean it rolls off after a point? I'm saying what once you about? once you get them hooked, then. Uh, <laughs> Then your charming you, personality. This is how we know. This is how we know your uh, fiance does not listen to the program. <laughs> she knows she's hooked. which is which is why you're going to spend the first segment talking about World of Warcraft. I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> I a, did spend many hours thing. of that of playing that this morning, two feet away from her while she was at work in her home office, where my computer also resides. So it's awkward. <laughs> yeah. Is, is it like is it like masturbating with her around? Is it like just something that you try way to worse, hide? way worse than that, way worse because there's no yeah there's no uh, there's no shared component to this. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no talking during masturbation, and unfortunately, I have to talk with the people in my raid group. So. Oh gosh, it's, it's way worse. Are you on like vent or something? Well, I'm on Skype, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you guys hang back, and I'll I'll buff. yeah when you're yeah you're saying stuff like you're uh, Leroy Jenkins. It's a rage timer, you know. You yeah. are you and are she's Leroy like, Jenkins. Hey, I know you wanted to, so actually we could just skip to that since you brought up World of Warcraft. Well, you're, the, you're hyped for the patch. This is a big one. This is 5.4. This is a major content patch uh, for Miss. As frequent listeners of the show will note, I am back in WoW. I've been playing it uh, with uh, a lot of uh, a lot of interest and fun, and and I have also been playing Final Fantasy 14 this week. So I had a lot of MMOs. You've been playing 14. I have. Oh, people will be very happy to hear that. Yeah, it's um, it's an unfortunate week for me to start playing that game because the patch dropped for WoW. So uh, I was bouncing back and forth between those two games when my buddies weren't um available to to LFR. Then I was you know playing Final Fantasy, and I took two different characters to ten. So I'm still really early in that game, and. Uh, I will be playing more of it and have more solid um, uh, impressions for everybody. But I will say just cursorily, 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 cursorily. Yes. Uh, that um, Final Fantasy XIV. At a cursory is, glance. Yes. It is. Um, it's it's very pretty. It plays uh, with a controller, which is something I really like after having played Terra and DCUO. Uh, both with a controller. I really like the being able, even on playing on my PC, which I am, I'm not playing on the PS3, but I am playing on my PC with a controller and able to sit back and play with the controller is really nice. And they've done some really smart implementation of the controller interface. It's hard in one sense because it's, it is a target-based combat system. And for some unknown reason, the targeting system picks the strangest place to start when you you can use the d-pad uh this is the obviously the default input the default key configurations but you use the d-pad to cycle through available targets on your screen Mm -hmm. and it'll often just grab as the first one of the target something that is way far away from you 
So you so you can't figure out the sorting pattern for this target. No, I I I don't. And maybe I'm not. Maybe there's a setting like there's a setting that says you can auto target upon attack, but it's which which is what I would want. I would want to be able to just run up and hit my hotkey to start my one of my first attacks and have it just auto target the closest thing to me, which seems because I'm playing a melee class. So it seems intuitive that I would run to something and start attacking it and it would just automatically grab that target. Right. It does not. Well, isn't that what that's what auto target on attack does? Well, I turn that on and unless I'm doing this wrong and I welcome the audience correcting me, but what I understand is auto targeting when something attacks me. Oh right. Okay, I see. Yeah, so I have to wait for attack. it to you wait for the right. mob to attack me and then it'll auto target. I want to be able to just run up to something and smack it rather than running up to it running up to it and cycling through all the right, available right, right, right. enemies on the screen, which I end up often having to do. And FF14 has this really cool thing like uh like Rift had and like uh, Guild Wars had uh ha- all both of them should be both in the present tense. They still have, have. but um it is that when you it has this thing called the fate system in ff14 where you there's just stuff going down and if you wander into the area where that stuff is going down you automatically join that quest and participate so they have like these global world events that are happening yeah exactly but they're much more common than sort of a global world event they're just like hey there's this thing happening over here like a rift would be in rift you know you'd go we're closing a rift and you just have to be near you don't have to be in a group with anybody you're Mm -hmm. already in a group uh so in those situations there are these massive amounts of things on the screen at once players and uh mobs and so when i start cycling through potential targets it also goes through players and so as a dps class i'm still cycling through friendly players in order to get to the mob that's standing right in front of me and it makes it extremely frustrating i find other than that the controller can you not face is great target on click or target on well if i'm playing with a mouse Oh, so if you're playing with control, so playing with mouse, you're fine. Yeah. But playing with controller, you don't have a way to quick target right, right. in front of you. And Terra gets around this because their combat system is like an action game. If you swing your axe and something is in the way, it gets hit. You don't need to be targeting. Short of you getting tapped. So in other words, if the monster taps you, yeah. then you're gold. I, right. Then you're gold. But you want to tap them. You're like, I, I, I want to. And I, I specifically, I'm playing a Lancer. Uh, I level two characters, but one of the one I've been playing most recently is a Lancer. And he has a specific low level skill that gives me a bonus to attack if i come up behind something and attack it so i'm often wanting to attack something before yeah, yeah, it knows yeah, yeah. i'm there yeah, yeah yeah so anyway that's very it's very frustrating so far i hope somebody can correct me okay and so tell me what I'm combat doing. on the left side what do you think of the world what do you think of beautiful the, the you know the atmosphere the character generation the very sp- cool the, the questing you know the whole you know what's it like it's very much a uh a smorgasbord of sort of contemporary MMOs. It has a little bit of WoW. It has a lot of Guild Wars 2. It has a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, nothing that I think shoots out to me as being wildly original or, wow, nobody has ever done this before or uh, it's something that really has its own voice. It has like stuff that, a lot of stuff that's in a lot of different things, but maybe none of them have all of those things. Any MMO, I'm a sucker for any MMO that has fat loots that look kind of cool on my character. And so far, this game does that really well. So I'm sort of hooked on just getting... So there's a lot of unique character stuff that you pick up. and Yeah. And you have... Um, because if you played 11... Did you play 11? I didn't. Because if you played 11... And I didn't play 14 the first time around either. Well, you're not alone. Yeah. But it, but in 11, you had you know quite a number of people all dressed in similar ways because there were you know certain sets of outfits that everybody was wearing. And there yeah. wasn't a, there wasn't a whole lot of... I mean, there were a lot of different gear pieces that people wore, but at least to my 
you know, eyes who only played 11 for about six months, it seemed like everybody was going to the same gear and the same gear all looked the same on everybody. Yeah. So you don't have that anymore. It, it doesn't much seem more, to be the case. Like I said, I'm only at level 10. So maybe high levels, it's, it evens out. Story out. wise, are you getting like a Final Fantasy vibe from it? Is well, there... it feels very Final Fantasy. All the attacks feel like a Final Fantasy game. The health bars and the way, you know, the way a health bar is that little thin line in Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. When you hit something, it goes and goes down. Right. Has that feels like Final Fantasy, okay. which is cool. Um, there's different starting areas, different starting cities based on the class that you pick, not the not the race that you picked. So you did a Lancer. I played two classes so far to level 10. A uh, Lancer and a, a Gladiator. Gladiator is a tank class. Lancer is a DPS class. Um, and the tank, the Gladiator starts in this Uldah, this big massive city that really feel, is gr- or, uh, not gray, but um, tan and, and dirty and big massive circular city. And then the, the uh, Lancer starts in this very lush green sort of elven looking city very pretty game uh the attacks are fun to do i wish it was a more action heavy attack process not like watching cooldowns which it is what it is you find a you hit um a uh, mob and you're watching your cooldowns there is a combo system so one attack will trigger another attack and give it a bonus in some way so for example, my Lancer, I have a, a front attack that triggers a secondary attack and doubles the damage that it'll do. So, And are those your attacks or do you, because one of the things that was cool about Eleven mm-hmm. was you had attack chains that worked in conjunction with other party members. I haven't experienced that, but, but I don't think I'm that really, so low level. Yeah, but I don't think that kicked in until after. T- you should keep playing. I, God, I'm going to. I'm. I. I meant, we started out me talking about WoW, but you know, is, I'm really drawn. You know, as I said before, I'm really drawn to 14. Especially, I'm drawn to the allure of sitting back on my couch, yeah. and playing it on the big screen on my PS3. The thing is, I've, I've just after doing WoW, every other time I've tried to start an MMO, including Guild Wars 2, which I thought was an excellent game. I really, mm-hmm. really was drawn to it. I just have lost the pace fairly quickly because of the fact that there's no end line in sight. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no arc of a game that I'm playing and taking to an end point. And, you know, and well, that's a great I transition. Sort of, to... I sort of like that. Oh, I see. I sort of, I like, you like the end point. Yeah. I, I you know, for, you like a finish. I think that's actually one of the reasons that I get upset when people are like, you don't ever finish games. Actually, I quite enjoy the whole, like putting a bow on the end of this. I, I yeah. love the, I, one of the reasons I love Japanese role playing games is that their stories are typically linear, yeah. and they have you know all of the they have the character development. And the character development takes you someplace, and then you have your story, yeah. right? And that's and it's done, and that's and that's that, and you and you can look back on it and fondly have those remembrances of oh that was a fun story, I enjoyed that. Yeah, the the, the story bits in this game so far are pretty clunky, uh, especially the start. It starts off really slow and and a little clunky. Um, I'm hoping that story gets a little more interesting as it goes on, but it, it really holds your hand and makes you all the introductory quests are very much tutorial. Like it teaches you how to do emotes. There's like quests go around and do emotes to five character NPCs in the world. And it's like, Hey, Vey, really? Um, it's teaching you how to use your emotes, bro. Yeah. I don't need to learn that. Um, but slash wave. So I've been playing WoW with like all the Project Lore guys, uh, sort of my my crew. The, the new patch has a story that has kind of an ending, right, Jeff? Like, going well, back. each patch is built in yeah, sort of an act structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they're all each each patch is meant to be a new chapter that leads up to the next expansion, mm-hmm. which is the next big story beat, and then and they all kind of daisy chain into each other. But anyway, I've been playing with those guys, um, and they were all interested because we kind of pop 
go from MMO to MMO in, in the same crew. And they were all very curious about Final Fantasy. And they're like, we're having so much fun with WoW right now. It would really take an amazing game to get us to switch over. And I can't tell them that that is what Final Fantasy is yet. At level 10, I'm still like, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's not... It takes a while for most MMOs to find their footing, right? I mean, well, of course, but with within you know a few minutes of of playing uh, Guild Wars, I was like, well, this is different. This is special. This is worth putting some time into. I wish I felt that way about Final Fantasy. I'm not feeling that way yet, but hopefully, I I will uh, find the love. I'll agree that Guild Wars was the exception of the rule. There was just something that was so different about it that just kept drawing me in for. Yeah, at least the first couple of months. Well, even Star Wars was that for a while. I mean, like a bunch of these. Star M- Wars, Terra, Terra was that in a big way for us. You know, it was like, oh my, this is a breath of fresh air. We're like really in an action game, and it looked amazing and all that stuff. Final Fantasy looks great, but it's not. It's not like I'll stop playing WoW when this awesome patch is out. Um, and I don't. We can come back to WoW if you want, but I do want to talk about that patch because it's it's pretty amazing. That Blizzard is amazing. They're amazing, and um, the content in this patch this free patch is uh is pretty impressive and so different from anything they've ever done before the timeless isle which is this gigantic island that uh was didn't exist before the patch um it just is just one part of of the patch but it is play styles and things that the game has never had before it, it's very exploration heavy so you're you go to this it, but one of the things I want to know when you're talking about this yeah. is is the, is the exploration self motivated or is it all reward based? Of go find X of this, go find Y of that. Well, there are just a whole shit ton. There's like thirty boxes, chests that are oh. hidden around the island, and no one tells you to go find them. I guess there is a quest to get you started. Like go find one of them, but uh, they you can just you just wander around and and the night that the patch dropped mm-hmm. we were on and it was like a scavenger hunt it was okay. awesome and even with the easily accessible map so it was that, pretty self-motivated then yeah yeah and that's even cool. even with the map that's already online everybody's mapped every location but even with that map you still have to find it because it'll be like nestled in a crack between two rocks or under a tree and it's hard to find and so we're all wandering around like do you see it do you find it oh, i got it i got it come over to me find me super fun and super different and a lot of them actually involve platforming puzzles there is this series of amazing ones that are daily that you can you can get them every day uh and or weekly and uh, I think you just defined daily i did um one of them i won't spoil them but one of them like you have to walk along this rope and then another rope is and you're up you know four or five stories high in the game uh, on the on these rocky outcroppings and there's like a rope tied to two, two between two pillars crossing the crevasse and you walk out along the rope and then below you is another rope in a cr- crossing it uh, you know perpendicular so you have to at the x point you have to drop from one to the other and land perfectly on the rope and then walk and do that again in order to cross this this crevasse it's awesome it's a really cool like Guild Wars had some of that platforming stuff, and I think Wildstar is going to. They have still that. do it in a couple of patches here and there. They add a couple of those platforming features, and they're some of the yeah. best parts of the game. It's really interesting and fun in Guild Are you Wars. About I love seeking out the points of view and that sort of stuff. Exactly, like, yeah, that was kind of cool. And and I love that WoW ripped that off and is used and put that in as well. And it's just a very different kind of gameplay that WoW hadn't really had before. And there's you know random spawns happening all over the island, and uh, those will pop up on your map and 
and there's it, there's caves to discover and find. You know, one of them is this like monkey cave where he's got all these chests that you can open. It, it it's just emphasizing a whole different brand of game style than WoW has ever done before. And I hope they I hope that Blizzard follows up on this and does more of it. Well, I think they have you know they have all the incentive in the world to do that yeah. because you know there was a report out this uh, just day before yesterday that over the past seven months. Revenues in World of Warcraft are down fifty four percent. So I mean that is an independent report. It was done by uh, let's see who is the super data research here. But basically they uh, said that World of Warcraft was down about ninety three million dollars in total revenue in April. So wow. that's that's a, a you know, significant chunk of change. And I think that it's not coincidence that you see them pushing forward on doing new things in the game. Yeah, it also shows how much commitment they have to sticking with it. You know. Yeah. Uh, I think who it's knows be really where the next you know who knows what's going to happen with their next MMO or what's happening with its development. Yeah, they obviously have a lot of commitment to World of Warcraft. They obviously recognize what a strong brand it is. Yeah, and I think Hearthstone shows that because it, it really reinforces that brand as well. And being being a pro- big product from them, um, I just got my confirmation for BlizzCon. In, oh, awesome. in, in which they're saying you know big in World of Warcraft announcement. So I'm hoping for a new expansion or something announced there. How worried are you about them venturing down the uh, you know the microtransaction path in World of Warcraft? They're already there, right? No, if they started to, I mean, yeah. they started doing it by venturing down it in earnest, like really because it's already. Well, if they take away the monthly fee, <laughs> you know, well, that, do you think they're really going to do that though, Jeff? Well, it, at I this mean, if point, they lose fifty percent of their business, maybe I don't know. At this point, I think they've held on so long. You know, I used to think that, and I think maybe at this point though, they've held on for so long that it does sort of become a question of well, why do we why do we cave now? Why would we cave now? We're no longer right. we're no longer a you know cutting edge grabbing people off the street come play World of Warcraft sort of game. We're mm-hmm. a hey, you love World of Warcraft, you've played it a bunch, keep playing it. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that I've come back to it after you know I don't know two years off and really rediscovered the love and yeah. the joy of playing it. And it's amazing how much better the Mist of Pandaria content is than anything else they've ever done it's so rich and so interesting and the end game stuff is so accessible now which for a lot of hardcore types is a bad word but i think it's it's a, a lot of fun it's so easy to get in a raid and get accessible loot. oftentimes just means yeah. it's easy to f- get in and play and find your fun yeah they, yeah. they, they added flex raids with this uh, new patch right where you, whether you have like up to i think it's like between 10 and 25 however many you have you can just go into a raid anyway yeah well they added difficulty settings Mm -hmm. right um but but even the loot progression has become so refined now it's it really that timeless isle is just this big loot pinata that you get to go and and you will find you can find these these things that are account bound that when you click on them they will turn into an item that is appropriate to you to your spec so you can, if you find, you know... Uh, oh, so they're actually now reading the metadata on your character exactly. and saying, okay, you're a level 75 paladin. Well, it's all 90 stuff, but yeah. Right, you're level 90s paladin and you're specced this way and you've got this gear. It's going to be, Here's yeah. something that, which is good. That actually is really cool. Yeah, I and, like it's, and it's all account bound. So even if you find, if I'm a paladin, which I am, and I find, you know, a leather item, I can give it to another character on my account. So if I, mm-hmm. so it encourages you to like start up a rogue or whatever. And are we ever going to draw you into an MMO? Nope. No. Uh, I mean, I work for 
in video games, and I find I found every MMO to be more work. <laughs> it's true. It's like it's like it's, a, re- it's, like, a, it's like a review that never ends. You know, <laughs> it's I, like it's like being on a treadmill that you can't turn off. If you want to be reductive, every game can be described that way. Yeah, but I think there's something inherent to MMOs, and I, I feel like a lot of the gameplay has never really grabbed me. The, there's like, a lot the of mechanics. character work that you have to put into an MMO. But here's here's a question I would ask then. You know, so it came out this week in our weekly Grand Theft Auto update. That you thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? You thought I was going to say something else, but no, I wasn't. A weekly Grand Theft Auto update. It came out that there are over five hundred missions in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, you Online. don't think those are going to feel okay. like work? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I really. More and more, I hate these really gigantic games. <laughs> You're such a at, at least with Grand Theft Auto, you can see an ending. With, with I, yeah, I it's five hundred. It's over yeah. five hundred you know, missions you away. Know when I was your but age, there is still an there ending. Were, there were 8-4 four worlds in a game, <laughs> yeah. and when you finished eight four, it was over. All right, and you could I, skip half of them with a warp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I used to be right there with Andrew until I actually started working with Shaq, and then I got drawn in with Guild Wars Two, and I go, "There is a huge time commitment involved in here, and I can't seem to put this down." So. I I was right there with him up just until recently. I also now, hate people. The so the idea of being online <laughs> with other people, yeah, but the more interacting with them, just but, really. So the so the so the Grand Theft Auto Online doesn't have any pull to you in the first place. I think Grand Theft Auto Online would be interesting to me if you're just playing the game right? and like that's things, called Grand Theft Auto Offline, <laughs> and 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 just other people just fuck with your game, sort of like what Watch Dogs is doing. I find that okay. really interesting. You know, I think there's other ways of implementing online other than just having to like directly interact with one another oz jeff how did dark the souls oh yeah you want dark yeah. Souls? i essentially want dark souls for yeah. for every video game <laughs> how did the uh how did the 500 missions news strike you guys it's de- definitely it's feels staggering. overwhelming it, it seems like the all all of the press plan for <laughs> grand theft auto has been look how big we are <laughs> We're enormous. You know, it's it's just like <laughs> Well if you got it. That's an so old you, reference so that probably kids don't know now. <laughs> yeah. You know, fat out we're coming down the street. Yep. Here I come. You just, can't get right just out don't of the try way. Mushmouth. Yeah. Well, but you be me mean Gobber Nabbit Levy. That was I'll be kept again. All right, don't do that. Uh, Forward Dubber Rabbit. So you're so you're in like the uh, you're in the camp with Gwendian <laughs> uh, on Shaq who 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 wrote this description of it. Jeez, this game, this is a conversation which happens at Rockstar in my imagination. Hey, boss man, we have so much awesome. We just don't know what to do with it. I mean, we have awesome just like spilling over the sides and making a mess on the floor. What do we do with all the awesome? Oh, yeah, that is a lot of awesome. Let's make the game bigger and more detailed. That should help spread some of the awesome. Nope, still too much awesome. Okay, I got it. Put a bunch of awesome over there in a pile and throw some net code on it. Make it online awesome. People love online awesome. <laughs> Put us some awesome underneath the ocean. There'll be plenty of awesome down there. Do you think that they had a conversation where he's like, "Hey, uh, so how many how many quests do we have in online? Uh, we got four hundred thirty-five. Really? Yeah, but it's good. Five. Uh, that's, that's, that's not a, so that's close. Not let's not go a round to, number. We got we get over five hundred. I mean, I mean, clearly Dan Hauser has like Asian mom complex. Like only four hundred and thirty-five. <laughs> how many job you got? Man? <laughs> hey, no, mom. You're gonna have to pack that up and take it with you into Go Box, by the way. Also, <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. The, 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 the even more impressive part to me is that. That is a daunting number, but I'm really curious to see how well their management system kicks in to keep it playable because it's dynamically watching your play style throughout the game and serving you up that prioritized list of Mm. missions 
So you're not confronted with 500 missions. You're confronted with the few missions that fit. Like, let's say you've been driving a lot. You like to drive. So it's going to give you driving missions. Or have you but been ho- doesn't that, I don't know. I, I feel like that could be as problematic as it is helpful. Well, that's exactly what I want to know. And also people, anyone, anyone who is of the, you know, completionist, I want to get all 500 missions. Not having a list of missions that's every you know it's comprehensive yeah. is going to drive them batshit insane. They'd be like, "Oh my yeah. god, where's my comprehensive the, uh, list?" The OCD complex. Also, the one achievement that I never got in GTA Four was the pigeons. First, I think <laughs> I think my save file glitched because there's only one pigeon that that I'm missing, and I'm pretty sure I shot all of them. <laughs> Damn it! Can, I got we, can, can somebody please please do a documentary on the kid that's writing the comprehensive game fact for Grand Theft Auto Five? I want I want a day one documentary about that kid. Because I bet his life is fascinating. Well, I'm going to sum up what makes cool about what, what what has me tweaked about Grand Theft Auto in this little thread exchange from from the shack. It started with Black Cat Nine asking basically if anyone on the shack wanted to get together a a golf tournament. Actually, I have that thread bookmarked because my plan is when GTA Online launches, we'll do the it, official it, shack awesome. news. So Black Cat Nine golf tournament. Black Cat Nine asks, "Do you want to do? Does you know? Would you guys like to get together and do a you know a golf tournament?" And I'm like, "Okay, that's kind of cool." Immediately, immediately, Moonbase Commander is like, "Nope, you know what? It's not even going to last one hole before there's a drive by." Like, oh yeah, like what time is what time is the golf tournament, everybody? <laughs> and which, and then followed up by Homeboy Jim says, "No worries, I'll strafe it with my fighter jet." Okay, if this doesn't like that, that right there is Grand Theft Auto in a, in, in a complete nutshell. That, that, that sounds like they're going to do a golf. That sounds like Saints Row in a nutshell. Someone says they're going to do golf a golf uh, tournament. Someone else says, "Oh, it'll be a drive by." Someone else says, "Ah, screw it, we're just going to strafe it with fighter jets." Fourteen people were murdered today on the golf course. Yeah. So there's some executive full of at, awesome. Some executive at EA going, really? Nobody wants Tiger Woods golf, but <laughs> they'll fucking line up to play it inside Grand Theft Auto. You know what? That there's an opportunity there for them to uh, revitalize the Army of Two franchise. Clearly, the <laughs> Army of Two. You can be you and your caddy taking on the <laughs> taking on the golf courses. All right, lots more awesome still to come, and we can confirm. Stick around. We will be right back. We'll talk about the Sony stuff right after this break. This episode of Weekend Confirmed is brought to you by the Gamefly app, the must-have app for gamers with info on over 50,000 console, handheld, iOS, and PC games. Get up-to-the-minute gaming news along with thousands of HD videos and screenshots. Get into the action by creating your own profile, post updates about what you're playing, and stay connected with friends and other gamers. Tired of standing in lines? Find great deals on new and used games, pre-order upcoming titles, and get Gamefly's daily deals all from the palm of your hand. If you're already a Gamefly member, manage your game queue on the go and keep games you like with just one tap. Get the Gamefly app for free today on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. All right, we are back, ready to uh, hit the ground running. We got a lot to talk about with Sony. Let's get the actually, let's get the PlayStation Four thing out of the way quickly because I don't think there's a lot to talk about here. It's going to be released in Japan next year, uh, February twenty second in uh, twenty fourteen. And honestly, I don't, there's not a lot of big issue to make out of this. It's, it's a situation where I think we all recognize that, I mean, maybe I have different opinions on why. I, to me, I feel like they know that they have the Japanese domestic market completely wrapped up. They have a good lineup for PS3 this fall. They're, they're already very strong there. They feel absolutely untouchable from, I mean, why should they? I mean, uh, what, Andrew, what did you say? Xbox there's, One sees a, a tier three, right? Yeah, Japan is something tier like three. that. I mean, there's, there's no competition. I mean, Wii U is 
still there, but I think for people that are really interested in the upcoming consoles, it's not really a race between Wii U and the other two. It's PS4 versus Xbox, and I think Microsoft has sort of smartly given up on that ter- territory. They've really tried they did try with 360, and they only got so much traction, so I think it makes sense. And and if you are Sony and you recognize all those factors and you know that you're going to be supply constrained this holiday, then taking your full force into this conflict with the Xbox One makes a ton of sense. Side note, a new launch title, Full Force, which is no, never mind. no, no. Um, yeah, I agree with all that. I think it's I think there's not much hay to be made of that. Yeah, yeah, that's really. I mean, that's really about it. And and it's nice that they couched it with some language about how oh, we're going to wait till there's good titles for the Japanese market, which is true and, as well. There aren't yeah. really any titles that appeal to the core is, Japanese. market. It is market. a very heavily uh, Western looking and multi platform looking sort of launch lineup, right? Yeah. So, yeah, Assassin's Creed Black or Watch Dogs isn't exactly yeah, yeah. yeah not not really going to make it big. So let's move on because what they spent a lot of time talking about was the new Vita. So a new Vita is coming out. It's now so far it's only been announced for Japan, but I think it's safe to say it will be coming out in the West at some point in time. Uh, it is twenty percent thinner. It's fifteen percent lighter. It comes in six colors, like a pack of gum. Colors is the new black. <laughs> colors, you, is the you new know, black. Apple's doing it. Sony's yeah. doing it. App, well, yeah, I guess on the C, five C. Yeah. So and gold and the and the piece that the only piece that's like entered into any controversy here is that they've replaced the OLED screen with an LCD screen. Yeah, it's now, gonna be interesting to see in person. Yeah, because I, I mean the thing is you can't really tell from a comparison photo, right? right. You know, there's, there's yeah, you got to see it side by side. Yeah, and that, so you, far it's been back and forth. Some people have reported, "Oh my gosh, there's this huge difference," and then immediately as soon as that reports out, someone else turns around and says, "No, look, it's fine." Yeah, the thing I, is, it probably will be fine. The question is, is it better or is it worse? You know, that that's I don't what think there's really any chance it can be better. I think I think it's going to be a uh, set, step back. It's just how far of a step back, mm-hmm. and it may not. It may be a negligible step back that really doesn't matter. Um, but I have to tell you, I've been playing a lot of Killzone Mercenary, and I dig the OLED screen, dude. It looks real pretty. I mean, I I, I like watching Netflix on on Vita. Do you just, really? Just because of the screen, you huh. know. If I if I'm I haven't in bed, tried that. You know, do that. Well, the thing OLED gives you, of course, is black blacks. Yeah. Because there's no light, you know, pushing through a filter to give you black. So you're getting right. a real black like you got on a plasma, which yeah. is nice. It's it is really nice. nice. It gives you this great range of contrast as well, which is pretty awesome. So I would guess also in a game like, you know, Killzone, where you're like really. A lot of that, darkness. A lot, lot of, of dark, a lot of shadow, a lot yeah. of pop in and out light. I mean, that could be really cool. Black black is the new black. Um, <laughs> This thing comes out on October the 10th. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be really curious to see how big of a splash it makes in Japan. I. I I don't think it will. Just I don't think it will either. Just because, I mean, the price drop already happened, and this isn't making the... I don't think this is making the price any lower. And look, I, People I, have been waiting for 20% thinner. <laughs> I follow John Riccardi on Twitter. I saw that, that uh, Instagram picture he took the other day of Monster Hunter 4, and I, he's like, goodbye until March. Hmm. So... It, it, that new model though is noticeably better. Like with three no. with with the three DS, when you saw the XL, you knew you had to have the XL because between the better battery life, the larger mm-hmm. size, the bigger screen, like you knew well, that's that a, that's a separate product. But I mean, it 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 is also I guess weaker than the argument that they made with a PSP to PSP two thousand, right? Because yeah. you know that was a significant improvement because actually the screen actually got a lot better with the two thousand series yes it did yeah but, like, like with this you can't tell if it's a significant improvement like you can't tell if it's if it's 
Well, so. Sony, Sony's been interesting lately, where they sort of reward early adopters with the better hardware, and then as as things go by, things sort of yeah. get worse and worse. <laughs> where true. it's like, well, it's cheaper, but you're you know you you have less USB ports, and now you have to like top load on your PS3. Well, this is clear. Like I mean, no clearly, this is a move. Yeah. Clearly, this is a move for them to improve their margin on the device. The LCD right. screen is going to be much less expensive. So they're pulling down their manufacturing costs. They're going to lower the price of the product as well. So they're trying yeah. to move some more units of it. They have good Vita software coming in as well. They've been popular in Japan already. Yeah. But I don't think that it's something that's suddenly going to make a bunch of people rush out who had, you know, it's not that, that, that big of a delta. And, you know, it's really like the percentage and price drop. It's not going to be that big a deal, right? It's like, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's cool that uh, Final Fantasy X and X2 are going to be on it. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Well, you know, I mean, I'm already hooked for X2, but I really yeah. want to play X2 on the bigger screen anyway, which I'll be able to do hypothetically after the Vita TV comes well, out. Well, that, I know you're trying to make a transition, but it's also coming out on PS3. So. I know it is coming out on PS3. It is so, also coming out on PS3. So you could just download could the just, PS3 yeah, version. But I could just do let's, that. Let's imagine that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll stay with that transition. Shut up, ruiner. <laughs> so arguably the coolest thing to come out of this conference was this really unexpected little box that hooks up to your television via HDMI, and it's called the, the Vita TV, I guess. This is exactly what I wanted... Microsoft to announce that the 360 was turning into. <laughs> Remember? Well, yeah, exactly. The exactly 360 I, should have been an extender. Into, yeah, yeah. It should go down a hundred bucks. It should be an extender. You should anybody that already has a 360, you should be able to download a patch that turns it into an extender for your P- Xbox One, and so you can you know shoot games over to another bedroom. That would be awesome. Jeff, hopefully they're Fraser craning right now. Yeah, I'm listening. I hope so. I mean, I love I love the fact that it also has a little bit a little port for. Vita games. Right. So this thing will play. So first of all, you're right on the price point. It's going to be a, basically translates out to $100. It comes out in November in Japan. They haven't announced a Western release. It is safe to expect that sometime it'll come out. Uh, who knows what the manufacturing capacity is. It's a tiny little thing. So it's not. It is very tiny. Not, it, not well, a big granted, it, you know, it, it's just a Vita in a box. So, so, have you guys. <laughs> so, you know, it's easy to make it small. Have you guys. Ha- do you, either of you guys have a Roku or a. Uh, uh, any of these other Apple TV super tiny. I had a Roku for the longest time. I have, yeah. a, I have a Chromecast and an Apple TV because I like redundancy in my life. Uh, one of the things I that, got my mama Roku. One HD. of the things that bugs me about these ultra tiny, ultra light devices that plug in with HDMI is that oftentimes the rigidity of the HDMI cord causes it to pop up off it, the. It, it, it fl- it's flying in yeah. the air. Yeah. It's yeah, hovering yeah, yeah. over my entertainment. Happen, happened to me all the time. Is it? It's a stupid thing to be complaining about. I admit, uh, that but is sort of a silly thing to complain about. <laughs> it's it's like, small. These things are so it's tiny like, that they the the cord. I know is it, it's one of those them. it's one of those Seinfeld complaints, but it's it is yeah. a thing that happens though. Because <laughs> I remember yeah. my, my my Roku box used to fall behind the TV all the time and be a pain in the ass. Yeah. So here's the scoop: the thing plays Vita games. It also plays PSP games. Well, right. It it is just like I said, a Vita in a different box. It's just a Vita without a screen, pretty much. Yeah. But but the thing I think that has most people really excited for it is that you'll also be able to use it to remote play from your PS4 to whatever screen this device is hooked up to. So you could have your PS4 hooked up in the den, you could have one of these hooked up in your bedroom, and you could then remote play any of your PS4 games in your bedroom over this device. Now, super cool. Some people will be a little, I mean, if you're if you're a super high fidelity person, you might be a little upset to know that it only does 720p and 1080i. Mm-hmm. But 
yeah, just so set it to 720p and be good with it and go on. I mean, this is, it is an extender. Right. It is not you're not playing off the off the home base. You also be able to use uh, the PlayStation 4 touch controllers with it because one of the drawbacks though for your Vita games is that since it doesn't have the touch panels, is anything that well, uses, actually you can't use the touch uh, pads for on the PS4 container controllers uh, for for Vita games. So yeah, it's, it's not so, a, right. So I was saying so the so any of the PS any of Vita games that use the front and back touch functionality of the Vita won't work with this device. Which is a bit of a bummer because some of the most exciting Vita games that we've seen upcoming are one, like uh, Tearaway and, and these games that are really interesting and innovative because of their Vita-specific features. That's kind of a bummer, but there's so much great Vita software that it doesn't matter, like and, Killzone, and, for and example. A, and a lot of games could just be patched to sort of maybe remove that functionality. This is my Persona answer. This is my answer to Persona. Like this is the way. Oh I get yeah, to, you want a big I, screen, screen? I just want to sit on my couch and play Persona, but I don't want yeah. to sit there and like sit on my couch with this huge entertainment center in front of me and be holding a Vita. Gravity Rush, dude, play that game. That game's awesome. That it does have alternate controls for using um, the controls, doesn't it? You don't have to use. The, you don't have, you have to, to use. You don't have to use the gyroscopes. gyroscopes. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, you probably would work. That game's great. Know. Well, it was originally designed as a PS3 game. They scrapped that version to make it a Vita exclusive. To scale it down. Yeah. So, I think this is a great product. It's a really cool product. 99 bucks. Granted, the $99 doesn't include any memory. <laughs> well, yeah. The, the memory cards are, are where they're going to get you. So, it, it's not entirely competitive with, uh, with Apple TV. But do you, does it require but, a... If you want to just use it as an extender, do you need to have a memory card? I don't think so. I mean, I think that's just something that you can yeah. sort of just launch. I I would. I think we would all have to get hands on with right, the device sure. in order to see that. But uh, I would so, certainly hope not, because I remember the 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 memory cards got a price drop, and that price drops barely a dent. Yeah. Well, given given that they use proprietary memory cards. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that Andrew did was he took a look at this device and then compared it to some of the uh, competitors that are out there. And lo and behold, this thing looks like a pretty powerful little micro console to hook up to your television. It really Competitors also is being Ouya and Apple TV. Apple TV. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I think um, from an Apple TV perspective, like I said, the lack of storage uh, does make it weaker, and the fact that it doesn't support 1080p is also going to be a, a deal breaker for some video files. But for really anyone that just wants to, like have an easy Netflix box, you know, this is definitely you know what, one though? of those there easy competitors. There are a billion Netflix. There's a, my toaster does Netflix. No, now. no, yeah, there's a billion Netflix boxes, but the most popular one right now is still the PlayStation 3. So in spite of, mm. in spite of there being all these options, people have really flocked to the PlayStation network for that. Yeah. And if we have, like, a really cheap, easy way of using Netflix, you know, say, hey, mom, here's a $100 way you can access Netflix... Then, you know, they might, I think Sony's logic is, well, they might go into the PlayStation store and download a, you know, Argo or like, you know, yeah. one of the newer movies that aren't available on, on Netflix. So, and, you know, Vita has a decent app library in terms of video software. There's YouTube on it. Uh, I mean, by already having Netflix and Hulu and, and YouTube on it, it's a better media player than, than uh, Ouya is. Because right. Ouya, you sort of have to like hack it in order to get any of those experiences on yeah. onto your TV. I still think if you want that, a Roku, especially how often they've discounted those, you can get it for like 89 bucks and it, it, it yeah, works no, really it, well. It's that, definitely that, for the... That, that user interface is messy though. Like I really don't like the, the, the UI. Three? For, for the three? I haven't, no, I haven't seen for the three. I had Three is a, lot, is a lot easier to use. And it I mean, I think, I think Vita TV will be for the person that really mostly wants to consume media 
But then wants to like play real games once in a while, you know? I guess I I think that for me the the killer app for that particular device is that Slingbox. Oh yeah, totally for gaming. Totally, and it 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 is the best PS4 accessory I could I yeah, could possibly think of. Super cool, super cool. And because you know how many times I've wanted to just yank my console out of the living room and drag it into another room just for the day, you know, to, because there's something else going on in one room or whatever. It just it makes it easy. And I really think. Microsoft should make that 360. I, I don't think it would be hard. I think it would be an easy thing for them to implement, but I could be wrong. Jeff, the uh, technology engineer there. <laughs> yes. It's nothing to it, Microsoft. All of my engineering just, understanding just, has, come me, has brought me to just this do it. opinion. It's no big deal. Uh, why don't they just make teleportation, guys? <laughs> come on, it doesn't seem hard. I, I can think of it. Come on. <laughs> I, I can imagine it. Someone make it real. <laughs> well, Jeff's well, just been imagining the holodeck for like the last I have, 15, 20 years, and I, no I one's have. made it yet. I think the I think the one thing that that a that a console like the Ouya still holds in its pocket is this ability to be easily developed on and easily you know cheaply developed on. I mean, there's, it's on the rocks right now. There've been some uh, ru- you know rumblings about how their Kickstarter fund system works, and there's been some rockiness with some of the devs there. But I mean, beyond that, it's it looks like a really rough road ahead. I think for the Ouya. I mean, I think the problem with Ouya is that especially if a device like Vita TV actually comes out and becomes viable is that the Vita already has a pretty strong hold right. on the indie scene. Well, that's what's so great is it, it, it's really this, it's the second of the one-two punch. But there's a little more of a doorway to get through to access the platform as opposed to Ouya, which you can literally just, you know, open up your garage and decide to start coding for. I guess, but with, with Sony being so active and intent on being a home for that indie market on the Vita, I think it's an extremely exciting product i agree because and and if they were to go a step further and and enable this as a mechanism for developers you know for indie devs to do quick to but quick i think to space i am of the opinion i'm i and you guys free to disagree with me but i'm becoming more and more of the opinion that curation is not bad no cure and I'm, and i think i think I that having that. a company of the clout and standards of sony picking great indie games and and being committed to that is better than having an open floodgate where I'm on the app store I don't disagree. browsing through thousands of fart games. But you know what's interesting about the PC, which is the most open of all the platforms, is it is that it has been very well community curated. And and I suppose, but I mean, are you talking about just as a, a I'm saying that there are the that, entire PC landscape is and don't stuff we, bubbles up. Yeah, and, and we 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 have no problem finding those games that are appealing to us because they come through the they come through the screen. Yeah, right? but, but you aren't logging on to one location when you turn your PC on that has everything. And you know what I mean? You, you, that Granted. all that all bubbles up through a sort of but, you, a but actually you are when you, organic. We are system. when you press when you press the power button on your on your computer and are able to access the internet. You are able to access all of these games. They're but all com- there on websites or wherever. Well, I haven't seen the Ouya interface, so I may be speaking out of ignorance. But the the idea of comparing turning on my PC to turning on the App Store on my iPad, it, the App Store I find to be more and more off-putting the longer it exists and and i you know it's it's not the same to turn on your pc because there's a you know a a million different places you can go on your pc to have things curated for you Mm -hmm. you know and you're you're dealing with trusted sources and things bubble up organically with a i don't know how the app store works on ouya but i'm assuming that it's similar to the 
Apple App Store or the Android an, App Store. Regard, regardless of how, of, without even having to look at it, it an App Store is, is what it is. You know, right. you, you open a you open an application. There's an interface. There are a number of titles presented to you. And what I'm saying is that is that. You could argue, you can argue this thing both ways. You could say, well, I can open that app and now there's thousands of things in there and that's overwhelming to me. But isn't, is I don't that, mind is that more or less daunting than saying I can I open think, a web browser and there's an infinite number of I think, websites. It's not that, I can it's not, go that's to. not what I'm saying. The, I don't mind there being a thousand things if, if all a thousand are high quality. I don't, it's not the number that's overwhelming. But they're it's, not it's all. The but all, not, not all PC games are are high quality. But yet we have we have no problem finding FTL. The the difference between the way we consume content on PC and the way we consume content on on a console is that PC we're actually using it for a lot of other things. And yes. We we might just be like you know doing work. We might be just chatting with friends online, and we're like, oh, I stumbled upon this game. Let me add it to Steam. Right. Sure. That that that, that curation process sort of happens over a much longer period of time. But when you're in front of your TV on a console, it's that immediate, well, I want to play something right now. And you don't really want to go through that like process of like exploring and, and discovering things in that kind of way. Uh, you're they, at the checkout stand. You want to pick something up and, and eat it. Exactly. Uh, so I think I think that's the main difference. We're, we're on our PCs all the time, and these things can also game. Or we can at least, you know, buy something and mm-hmm. put it to our account and know know about things. So discovery on PC is very different because you spend so much time doing things that aren't active discovery, but sort of this passive. Uh, and and moreover, to, to take a step back, I, I just love the strategic position that Sony seems to be taking with the Vita, that it's becoming a brand that is larger than... Hand, it's not a handheld game device. It is that, but it's also... It seems to be a division of Sony products that has this indie street cred that is, it's about gaming on the go, but it's also the smaller experience. Maybe smaller is the wrong word, but it it seems to be Uh, manufacturing its own identity that I I think is, is smarter than just being, Hey, it's another handheld gaming device. Yeah. I do wonder if Vita TV was something that they had in mind from the get go, given that they decided not to call it PlayStation portable Two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good great. point. All right. Well, I discovered, you know, in that in that social scene, I discovered a game this week that I want to put out on the table, and then I feel like we'll probably come back to it in the coming weeks. And that's Card Hunter. Yeah, I'm super excited about this game. I wasn't aware that they f- finally released it. So I was I was sadly even ignorant to this game in general until PAX last week mm. or two weeks ago, when suddenly it became you know back on everyone's radar. People talking about this game is super cool. Yeah, it really it is. is. And it, you, you were telling me that it just came out what today or so, yesterday? So it came out on Thursday this week. That's the twelfth. Whenever you're listening to this, and you can get it right now. You can go over to cardhunter.com, create a quick account. It plays in your browser. It is right. it is free to play. I have not hit the pay setup yet. I've just done the onboarding sequence, but and gotten the like the understanding of how the game works. But here's the, here's the, here's the mashup of the game. It is it takes the it takes the deck building random element of adding pulling cards and being able to use those to control your actions combines it with a tactics rpg game of the ilk of you know like final fantasy tactics or or any of those others where you have a you know a yeah. a, a grid and you move your characters and your characters based off whatever they're doing have ranges for attacks and that sort of thing and does it all inside the wrapper of sitting down at the table to play a classic module of D&D. And yeah, it, it's sort of Summoner Wars Z. I haven't uh, played Summoner Wars. People should, have recommended I know people have recommended that. Yeah. Great two player so, board game. 
so the setup initially is really it, it, it really sells its idea I, lo- I love this idea now that games puppeteer is like this as well it's one of the things we'll talk about is how much i love puppeteer is is these games that that have a an atmospheric element to them and are just completely committed to it yeah. and, and this game is completely committed to the to the illusion of you sitting around a table and playing a game of D, just playing it with this different way from the idea of like it like even faking the modules, and so you open the module up, and it's got all of that te- that text. You ever played? If you ever played D and G D and D paper modules, you'll you'll like get all of this mm-hmm. massive nostalgia. Yeah, from and you it. have you have you know virtual paper standees of your character, yeah. and virtual dice, and virtual cards and stuff it's pretty neat and you're playing on this virtual grid which is what you would use in- well and it's even, it's even it's even like a tabletop map it's yeah. like a tabletop map it's actually laid out. it's it's similar to uh a lot of in-browser poker games that are trying to create sure. this a simulacrum of sitting around a poker table it's that but for a D you use simulacrum in a i did finally do i get 10 points you get 10 points <laughs> here's what's really cool and this is just the introduction to the game system and i'll leave it at that so we can come back to it but the game system here's the way it rolls all these pieces together to keep the to keep the integrity of the role-playing character building i element to it the cards and your deck are all driven by your items mm-hmm. so you don't have just a set of cards that are your attacks you have a set of cards that are your attacks based off of what items you have. So initially, if you don't have a sword, you just have like a base set of, you know, relatively my, you know, normal attacks. Like you might bash with a stick or something. But once you get a sword or an axe or a flail, then you start get then that adds to your deck the cards associated with that weapon. So that also means now that weapons can be of two sorts. You get like just a basic flail, and then you get like the basic attacks. But then you start to get magic flails, and then they would have additional attacks. So keep in mind now you're equipped with this flail, but now the card element's going to come into play when you're in battle because only the cards that you've drawn into your hand are you able to use with each character. Mm-hmm. So you've got you've got the card piece working. But you've also got the loot and itemization of a role-playing game working, and then you've got the tactical maneuvering on the playing field of playing a tactics RPG. Really, really smart combination. Just, yeah. I'm just totally blown away by how freaking cool it is. And it, actually, one of the things that's really fun is if you go to YouTube, they uh, they have a making of doc, and it's really funny how... They sort of looked at it, and I guess they got into it anyway. I'll, I'll let you look at that, but it, it, it just... And these are all like former irrational guys. They're former irrational. Well, it's, yeah. it's more than irrational, too. I think there's other folks involved in it as well. Yeah. I think there's some other folks involved in it as well. But anyway, I highly recommend at least checking it out. It's free to play. I think you're going to love it, Jeff. I am certain. I, I have had my eye on it. I just didn't realize that it had... Uh, I'm already released. drawn in. Do set aside some time. The initial getting into the game process takes... A little while they do that they do the standard sort of deal of of you go into play and they give you a bunch of you know high level characters to play but then the funny thing is is like then the kid it, it is supposed to be like the virtual kid who's playing dm for you his brother comes down and and bitches him out for letting you use his play characters funny. and so then you have to roll up your own characters to start again that's funny. <laughs> that's pretty funny right clever. it's kind of kind of clever yeah um so there you go card hunters totally should check out card hunters all right, we have a uh, half a show left to do, and yeah. I think we should come back to Card Hunters in the coming weeks. I want you to play. Oh, I will definitely I think be playing. I think it's gonna be really interesting to see. It also has PvP. Yeah, so that should be really interesting. Well, uh, we have a whole half a show to go. We still have uh, Puppeteer. We, we have got, uh, Yoon's freaking Listo games. Yoon's Listo games. 
Let's come back and do Yoon's list of games. I'll, I'll try to lightning round them. How about that? That'll be a new feature. New feature coming up on the other side 25 of the 25 games in 24 minutes. Go. <laughs> Stick around. We'll be right back. Sure, you can pay $60 if you want to play a video game. But what if you want to play all the latest video games? Try Gamefly.com, the number one video game rental service. Right now, you can sign up for just $5.95, their lowest price ever. Gamefly has over 8,000 titles, including the hottest new releases like DMC Double May Cry, The Walking Dead, and Hitman Absolution. And here's how easy it is. Just sign up, select your games, and Gamefly will ship them directly to your door. You can keep the games as long as you want, there are no late fees, and you can cancel at any time. Once you're done playing a game, send it back, and Gamefly will send you the next available game on your list. Now, you can also play hundreds of PC games with Gamefly's new Unlimited PC Play, which is free for members. Gamefly also saves you money by letting you try your favorite games before buying them. If you really like the game you're playing, simply click Keep It on the Gamefly website, and it's yours at a deeply discounted price. And if you're still unsure, which you shouldn't be at this point, but if you're still unsure, we're offering our listeners a special offer. This is just for Weekend Confirmers. Go to Gamefly.com slash Weekend Confirmed for an extended 15-day free trial. That's G-A-M-E-F-L-Y dot com slash Weekend Confirmed and sign up today. And if you don't, we're going to keep running that ad. <laughs> That's cruel. That's cruel. Do it! Breaking news! Breaking news! We have the August NPD retail sales figures. It's really not that breaking by the time people listen to this, but here we go. <laughs> number one is Madden. Number two is Saints Row. Number three is Disney Infinity. Number four, Splinter Cell, Minecraft, Mario and Luigi, NCAA, Payday 2, Final Fantasy 14 online. That's surprising. And finally, Pikmin 3 to round out the In the, the list. retail, like box retail. store, retail box yeah. store number is weird. Mm-hmm. Oh. Madden doesn't surprise me, but the more I play that game, the more disappointed I am in its in its lackluster you know it's lack of polish in places it's it's just are you gonna are you gonna try the next gen versions when they come out yeah of course i mean i'm i mean look i'm stuck in the plight that i've explained to you before i'm a i'm a huge football fan i love the nfl game i love being able to play a video game version of it and i'm just so tired of of madden's you know Let's fix a few things and add some more features approach as opposed to making a really as opposed to coming out to make a great game. And I'm not saying that the developers who work very hard on it aren't trying to make a very good game. I'm saying that they get pulled in a number of different directions and given a number of different masters and tasks. And the result is not getting us a good Madden game. It's just I, not. I remember what you were saying a couple of weeks ago about seeing on the loading screens where they're celebrating 25 years of mechanics that didn't work. Yeah, it's like, it's like here's something else. Here's another gimmick we tried. Remember this one? Yeah, we didn't like that either. It didn't really work. So here's another gimmick. Remember the vision cone? Oh, yeah, I remember the fucking vision cone. It's a, you know, it's just it's so silly. There's so many... Anyway, if you play Madden, you know, and then hopefully they'll do some gameplay patches, and hopefully it'll continue to improve some, but at least i i still stand by it's still the most fun version of madden to play in the past couple of years it's just it's still nowhere near the game it could be i i feel like pikmin 3 coming at 10 below ncaa is a little disappointing but that was never going to be a system seller anyway right and given the install base i think it's actually good job on nintendo to get a wii u wii u exclusive game on the top 10 how about saints row Wow, 
Saints Row powering its way into demand. Beating out the Disney machine. It probably could have saved THQ for at least a little bit if it actually came out. Yeah, it probably could have. Now Deep Silver is reaping that reward. But but beating out Disney Infinity, wow. I didn't expect to hear this. Especially when you think about the average cost of what Disney Infinity is. I mean, you're buying that damn box that's got the figures in it. But I mean, everyone has kids that are just begging for that. And, and the thing is, the Disney Infinity, yeah, I'm sure that's that's a really long tail prospect. It's not like when oh, Skylanders yeah. came out, it was ripping apart the NPDs, right. you know? So. so Saints Row 5 now, is, we can pretty much count on it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, It's a done deal. That's good, though. All right, so I'm, I guess I'm going to power through some Do of these it. games. Uh, well, I'll, I'll spend a little bit of time uh, speaking about Dying Light because I know oh, you're I'm interested so in that. Uh, actually, I, I had a lot of fun with Dying Light. I think the... The parkour mechanics work really well. Really, and it's uh, I, I was playing it on PC. It looks great. Yeah, uh, and the the transition from the day to night cycle. Night cycles are like crazy. Just the number of zombies that are running after you. Yeah, and like, the, don't be and, out at night, dude. And just just running around trying to like trigger traps as they're all chasing after you. It's actually it felt really great. Uh, I think the one th- thing that I guess is uh, the obvious problem is that the learning curve is pretty high. Hmm. Um, it's sort of like Mirror's Edge in that you can't immediately pick up and play Mirror's Edge. You sort of like stumble around. You you sort of relearn how to interact with the world in, in Mirror's Edge. And Dying Light takes a lot of inspiration from that, but does it in very different ways. So you, even even for myself where I played a lot of Mir- Mirror's Edge, like I couldn't directly translate mm-hmm. uh that and I think I think the button mapping is also a little weird. Uh, like run isn't where I thought run would be. Jump mm. isn't where I thought it would be. Mm. Uh, you know, s- kicking isn't where I thought. So that so it's just like me running around and they're like, let me kick him. No, I'm punching. No, <laughs> no, I'm I'm dead. I'm dead now. Uh, but it's in terms of presentation, it's really thrilling. Um, and yeah, it's just a really fun open world. It's That's it's awesome. certainly more interesting than dead island i I just wish it wasn't zombies i feel like the day night thing could have been applied to so many other kinds of bad guys werewolves (laughs) really come on are you really going to differentiate really yeah is that really enough okay it does it's enough different fair enough (laughs) well doesn't don't starve use a similar day night cycle where you're kind of just waiting for things to come out at night and it's just like a bunch of whatever's in the forest that type of thing well, so d- during the day cycle in uh in Dying Light, uh, you're sort of dealing with other humans, uh, trying to get to like points where supplies might get dropped, uh, mm-hmm. or you're just preparing for night, right. uh, a la Minecraft, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, nighttime, just all the zombies are much more powerful, and they introduce like a new uh enemy type, which is I, I forget the exact name, uh, but it's like this stronger non-zombie it's like the thing that zombies are afraid of right and you're not just picking out zombies they're they're like real real zombies sound so stupid but you you get what i'm saying like it's it's a lot more realistic in that they can actually actually pose a threat well it's it's like you know resident evil where it's like there's the there's the zombies and then the nemesis is going going after you you know yeah i was gonna say like before resident evil turned to what it is now (laughs) so dying light i thought it was super cool i I really want to spend more time with it uh but really How how far away is it do they give you any sense? Uh, I, th- I think they said next year. So, you know, they're aiming for next-gen systems. It is going to be on current-gen as well. Uh, but we need... You know what we need an update on? We need an update on standalone uh, DayZ. Yeah. Um, yeah. Arma 3 just came out uh, on Thursday. So hopefully we'll hear something soon about mm-hmm. DayZ. It would be, it would be good because <clears> they... I, I, I don't... I don't disagree with the fatigue over zombies. 
But I also feel like Dying Light, which sort of caught my eye, has got my attention now. I feel like, okay. Well, yeah, Dying you know, Light is good. exciting not because of the zombies. Exactly. It's exciting right. because it's of spite, the parkour. In you know? spite of the zombies, yeah. it's exciting. Yeah. And I guess I didn't think of it in spite of the zombies. I just sort of thought of it as, well, okay, so it makes sense because that's the right sort of, that's sort of the is right it? way to, well, werewolves, you, you said werewolves, Anything. but I don't think werewolves would have filled it the same, like swamp monsters. Yeah. Swamp monsters. <laughs> Do it. Aliens. I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, well, if we do aliens, we're getting kind of into XCOM territory type of things. So. Well, Lights, I also light. did. I also did play the new XCOM uh, Enemy Within. Oh, oh my god! That I, 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 it, it's so much. It's so good because it, it's everything that X, XCOM Enemy Unknown was. But it gives you an plus excuse. plus. Yeah, but it, but it lets you. It gives you an excuse to go back and and playing as a as a mech is always awesome when you <laughs> when when you control your mech guy and. Uh, and like you can literally go to a sectoid and just punch him in the face. <laughs> so actually, this this is what actually happened during uh during my playthrough. I, I I punched one of the sectoids, but I didn't realize that his body would go flying into another the, one of your guys into the canister that I was trying to retrieve. Ah. <laughs> so the canister explodes. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. That's fantastic. <laughs> but you feel it, it, it. Just the number of things that they added to it, it really. If you enjoyed XCOM, more XCOM is always a good thing. And you know, I think Enemy Unknown has to be on my list. Of games that I want to go back and finish. Yeah, you should definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely go back to it. Uh, because within, even though you're playing the same camp campaign again, just having all these different research trees to go through will pretty, pretty alter the experience. That's not English. Sorry. <laughs> how am I writing on a website? <laughs> pretty. <laughs> It's the beauty of speaking. Yeah. You just say it. You're like, oh, whatever. The I just made up a word. Speaking. I just made up a word. That's awesome. <laughs> And I think not not to hammer home how mediocre the bureau was, but after playing the bureau for like a little over a week, I'm kind of dying for more enemy unknown. I'm kind of dying for that more refined experience. Why have you been playing the bureau for a little more than a week? Because I reviewed. I, I oh, forced, oh, you mean you I mean forced oh, back? Him, I forced him the review. review. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I, was, so, I thought you meant you were playing it of your own volition. Oh no! I mean, I still, I, still I don't wanna, think it was terrible though. It was, still, it's not I, terrible. I, I still want to play the bureau. I'm, I. I, I enjoyed what it's I just played tragic. That. It's just tragic. It's that's that's the game that needed a li- little bit more time, which is ironic to say, given that it had like five years of development. But anyway, but I, I think a sequel for it would do wonderful. Well, I don't it. think they're going to make a sequel for it, it so. which, which is sad. Um, Fantasia. Yeah. I was actually so Fantasia uh, had me really worried about Xbox One uh, because I, I Why did is that. Uh, I played it on um, Xbox 360 uh, or the PC equivalent uh, for yeah. Xbox 360 at, at E3. And so they were showing the Xbox One version, but man, it was like the voice commands just kept, Xbox kept on picking up all these voice commands that no one was saying. <laughs> oh, and, that's helpful. And it just kept on crashing the game. I mean, it's it's early. Wait, wait, but was it crashing for you too? Because it crashed for me a couple times at Comic-Con. It, it, it's, it's early, but the fact that the, the Xbox like dialogue window kept on popping up uh, it threatened to shut down the system at one point. Just being like, it's like, no, I didn't say Xbox off. I didn't. You just well, did no, there. I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, Xbox cancel, dismiss. This, just, just. Would, see- you like, would you like to turn your Xbox off? No, I didn't say Xbox. No, just, would you like to turn? Your- just seeing John Drake, okay. like he, oh, Drake. he was like ripping his hair out, and and Nick Chester, like they were that that press event did not go very well for for Xbox One, and it was frustrating for them because they barely had time to show off the new content that they wanted to wanted to get to so that's uh, a bummer it's a bummer and it, it's clearly rough to be in a situation like that where you're using early hardware with 
early software. So hopefully things get get better uh, once the system's out. But man, that that did not make a good, I guess, first impression of. It's a shame Xbox because the One. impression when you see it being played by them in like their vid docs or they do their podcast stuff, it looks really fun. Yeah, oh. the game looks fun, but just the fact that the platform, the actual hardware, the the ecosystem sort of interfered with that was was a little distressing. Yeah, when it works, it's fun. But I think what I came away with when I tried it, it was it had me more worried for the connect than it did for the yeah, game. Yeah, and 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 just playing it, I didn't feel like um, Connect Two was any better than Connect One in terms Th- of. That's been my worry about it all along. Is that it's just going to be more of the same promises? It's going to be more of the oh, it's going to revolutionize the way motion control works, and it's going to be the same crap we got last time. So, well, I I. I I loved Dan Central. I don't. Yeah. I, I. I think. I think Connect has a lot of value, and I'm mm-hmm. still excited for Xbox One and and hopefully future next gen Connect games. But it was early. It just it was it left a sour taste. Uh, what didn't Oculus? I I tried the Hawking demo on Oculus. Amazing. Just, mm-hmm. I just I I love how I think my favorite thing about Oculus is that you can just put it on and it just works. Like you don't have yeah. to you don't have to think about it. You don't really have to calibrate it. Uh, I tried it with glasses, without glasses, and just it it worked. Um, I think that's the best thing I can say about it. Like you, yeah. you, you know what the promise of Oculus is, and it delivers. Yeah, that that's what it. it what it you will what, make you throw up. <laughs> I, 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 I thought it was fine. Like I, I did too. I haven't had a problem with it yet. Um, I played something at PAX Australia. On it was the first time that I felt nauseated mm-hmm. after wearing it, but it was. The game itself was a little nauseating. I mean, so. I would, I would love to try something like F F Zero GX, the greatest game ever, uh, on Oculus. Did you play EVR at E three? Uh, no, I yeah, that was that was the one where I was like, this is the future of gaming. Uh, yeah. So that 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 was pretty amazing. Assassin's Creed Four. I hate to say this, but I'm really excited for that. And and you know, well, my, you hate I, to say I, that. I, That's no, a great no, thing to say. I, I want to be excited for it. No, shake my head. But, at you. but, but, I, know, but I know, I know, I know why you should that. shake your head at me. I know why you're saying that though, because Assassin's Creed Three was so disappointing. Assassin's Creed Three was but so disappointing. That's why you're. That's why you should be happy that you, you get to flung, say you're excited dude, you for. You flung it. the hate on that. Yeah, and I, I mean, I had probably one of the hardest, harshest reviews on online for that game. So and should you should be very ha- pleased to report that it looks like it's a better game. I just feel like they're 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 tricking me again. But the thing is, they didn't they didn't they didn't <laughs> yeah. give me they didn't give me a mission to play. They just they just gave me the controller. It's like here's the open world. Play for a, however cool. long you yeah. want. And I was just sailing and just went to an island. <laughs> You know, went went. Free, so it does not take him away. Went, went free running on on top of some buildings. No one knows that reference. Either. Was, I know. I just <laughs> just dropped some Christopher Cross on you, motherfuckers. I mean, and not that's that hardcore. That's not that crisscross either. Not crisscross, Christopher Cross, <laughs> and fucking Arthur theme, bitches. And and playing it on PS4, I'm just like, man, you know, I, I'm I'm fine with a much prettier Assassin's Creed set with a lot of naval combat. Like this, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it's really great. speaking to me, and I'm afraid that we, it's not going to work. Garnett is dying. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, we can, I'm lost somewhere between the moon and New York City. <laughs> <laughs> well we, we, done. We can be cautiously optimistic about AC4 because they gave us a, they gave us a vertical slice of AC3 last year, and that looked fine at the time. Then we got the game, and yeah, not so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I given like how quickly they have to turn these around too. It yeah. Just, uh, one thing that uh, I think AC4 cemented though is that I love the DualShock 4. I, I thought I oh, thought it great. It's I, a I, wonderful I, controller. I thought I, yeah. I mean Xbox One controller is great too, but I, I, now, I don't think so. But I think it's a step back for the Xbox controller. Well, I like one. the I, I do like the new Rumble features. Well, on, those are cool. on Xbox One, but but man, like having spent more time with both of these controllers, I 
I am definitely preferring the DualShock. I don't, oh, it's awesome. I, I'm not exactly sure what the... I think it's the sticks. The sticks are great, but the triggers... The I, triggers like, I, are awesome. Just something about the ergonomics. It just it's, it, yeah. it to feels me, it's good. the size and the shape of the heels that come mm-hmm. into your palm because but, they stuck to that design, but they finally allowed themselves to change the mold. And it yeah. it just it just I, I definitely I definitely preferred the 360 controller over uh, the DualShock Three. But, oh, me too. But but this time around, it's still like. But the thing that bugs me about the Xbox One controller is how they change the bumper buttons because mm-hmm. those I find to be uncomfortable to reach now Ooh, i didn't i didn't really try out the bumpers when i was yeah i haven't really had a game they kind of slid them and and i mean again this is at just at e3 playing for a few minutes and really trying to concentrate on the controller but and it may change over time i do for first person shooters still prefer the left stick position on a 360 controller to that of a ps I don't know that dual that new Dual Shock. It, it really, I think, mitigated I also, I, I also just like the look of the Dual Shock Four. I like the look the, of it too. The, the light bar, like yeah, man, it actually it 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 makes it look so much more high tech and futuristic. You know, neon light will do that. It, I, I, everything boss, should man. have neon lights. And I want to see what they do with the touchpad, like right in the middle. Like I know Infamous Infamous is supposed to u- make use of that at some point. I think Gran Turismo is going to use it as a horn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not sold on the touchpad. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be as useful as the rear touchpad in oh, on the, the Vita. Vita. Um, so not at all. Uh, but so far, I haven't really seen or any. The, or the uh, it was really useful in Escape Plan, which was very fun. Or the I, motion control in the DualShock Two. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm skeptical, but regardless hey it's cool it I, I like that it's a big button actually yeah. more more than being able to use my fingers to like swipe on on that i just like that it's a giant button it reminds yeah. it, it reminds me of like uh the giant a button on the gamecube controller the, <laughs> um so peggle 2 it's more peggle it really it i, I it's more peggle i i don't know why what it, would you, what else would you want though? i really don't know why it's an xbox one exclusive but hey peggle 2 it's, peggle is a big I, title I, interviewing the 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 producer being like so what's new it's like well the it's you know the, the art is better and <laughs> we take advantage of the wide screen and if you oh. if you if you if you really listen to the music we've really bumped up the audio i'm like it's like i can't believe like how long it took for them to make a sequel uh and then this is what they got at least at least pvz2 tries like a lot of new things you know uh, but what else would you but, want? It's peg. You want more peg. You want more peg. That's a bizarre, it's such a simple though. game. I mean, we've already well, talked about it. No, exactly. And, and, and the weird, and the weird thing is, like, I don't know why it's an Xbox One exclusive. Given it's so casual, yeah. it's like, and it's so good for a handheld. Yeah, you, you want to play it on your iPad or whatever, or your phone or whatever you have to play it on a console. It, it, it just, just sounds strange. It, it just seems weird to be like, yeah, Peggle Two exclusive to the five hundred dollar gaming machine and not you know yeah. immediately available on your iPhone. So that that's just a little weird. Uh, Batman Arkham Origins. All right, how is this? I'm excited uh, for this. Still not feeling it. Oh. Uh, really, I didn't like it when I played it at E3. Still don't like it now. Uh, just what do you what are you there, not feeling there, about it? There's something off about the combat. Not, can't can't really put my finger on it. Compared yet. to Rocksteady's version, yeah. So just, we, it, so they're using the same engine, and you would anticipate and it, it, it's largely similar. But there's just something there's just something off about it that okay. uh, they they do add some interesting mechanics where enemies can counter your count uh, your your counters so that's pretty cool but I don't, I don't know just it it didn't it didn't feel that smooth to me quite yet um, but I I think I just need more time with it uh, I, there's so many people that are just parading around with like 
lukewarm opinions on Arkham Origins, and I guess it's kind of harshing my buzz a little bit. But I'm actually more. Oh, uh, I haven't heard. I haven't really talked to anyone else uh, about Arkham Origins. Uh, what have, what uh, else have you heard? No, just at E3 that yeah, they were saying that it didn't feel as fluid as like Rocksteady's versions, and it's it's a little disappointing. I guess it has me actually more excited for the handheld versions. The uh, so Blackgate. yeah, so Blackgate. Uh, I really disliked Blackgate at E3. Uh, it just the combat was awful, but they they definitely tweaked it a lot to make it. So you should explain Blackgate for people who are listening and don't know so what it Blackgate is. So Blackgate is a, a Vita and 3DS uh, follow-up to Origins. That uh, It's developed by Armature, which are uh, mm-hmm. former Metro Prime guys. So a lot of talent there. Uh, and it uh, takes a more Metroidvania 2D approach to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my big problem at E3 was uh, the combat. It didn't feel like free flow at all. Uh, if you played the... The DLC for Batman: Arkham City. There, there was the train level where you're, uh, where you're chasing Black Mask, and so you, the combat does adapt really well to a 2D plane. Uh, and I'm just like, why can't they just copy that? Uh, and so playing an updated build, they pretty much just copied that. <laughs> so, so it feels a lot better. Where uh, in the original uh, version that I played, like you couldn't really jump from enemy to to enemy and that's sort of the point of combat but, but, in the that's been series. that's that's been the signature element of its combat uh and so now they 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 made it so that enemies appear on the left and right of batman and that your jumps connect a lot a lot more easily so you can actually you know counter one guy punch another guy and like really get that left right movement uh that that works really well in the 2d plane so i think i think the combat's really improved but the exploration stuff is still a little iffy it it they do a lot of two and a half D stuff, which actually makes it really hard to understand what's interactive and what's not, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little awkward. Uh, but the graphics look nice. Uh, it certainly looks a lot better than it did before. That's Batman. Watch Dogs, really cool. Uh, they have this cons. This is this really tiring. Just going. No, dude, come on. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Stay Watch on Dogs. target. Watch Dogs is really cool. They have this multiplayer mode where you you can have someone on a tablet. Yeah, so uh, I wrote our headline about that, yeah. but I didn't have a chance to read that. So what's the deal? Yeah, so uh, there's a companion app, uh, obviously, because every Ubisoft game has a companion app nowadays. And uh, Quick question. Quick question before you even excri- describe what it is. Two years from now, are games still going to be coming out with companion app, uh, iPad implementation? Is that a, yes. the fad for the beginning of this console generation that's yes, going to fade, it, or is it... Uh, it might fade... More than two years from now, I think. I think it'll last longer than two years. I think so because I think there's. I think people are going to come up with really interesting ideas. They already have. There's really awesome stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I think it'll it'll only division. get more revi- uh, refined, uh, and then eventually people will be like, um, "Yeah, that that's enough. I'm just gonna." Yeah, I think what they are will change, and you how think, they're related. You to think the it's game. here to stay? As far as oh, it, absolutely. I, I, I'm excited. I, I, think I so actually, too. I actually think that they'll become ever more. I think what will happen is they'll go away when we no longer think of them as companion apps and just think of them as part of the game. Hmm. I mean, because developers and publishers, they want you to be constantly engaged with their IP and product. So it makes sure. sense for them to to do that. I think um, that's sort of... Remember when uh, Facebook games were sort of like the mm-hmm. thing, the de facto thing? I remember, I think, what, Infamous 2 launched with a, with a Facebook game that... Assassin's Creed had Assassin's one, too. Assassin's Creed also had one. So And... That I think lasted for like a year. Or yeah. two. <laughs> All right. So tell me about what. So Watch Dogs. Uh, you you on a tablet. Even if you don't own a copy of the game, you can right. download the companion app and actually jump into cool. uh, the online world. And you can actually issue challenges to people that are playing online. 
Uh, so let's say Ozzy's on the tablet and I'm playing on uh, on PS3, and uh, Ozzy's on at Starbucks or something like that. And he's on a 3G connection. He can actually send me a, a challenge. He challenges you to play it on PS4. Uh, yeah, while I'm, I'm or yeah, it's like <laughs> get a, the... get a get a better console. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> uh, but you're so mean, Ozzy. Yeah, yeah. Hypo- <laughs> hypothetical Ozzy. Um, and so when you accept it, uh, the goal is that as as the console player, you have to go through multiple checkpoints. I think it's just like five randomly uh, selected checkpoints on the map. You just have to get to them. But the person on the tablet ha- has access to the CTOS, the mm. operating system that controls the city. Um, full access to it, so uh, the p- the person playing on the tablet can do all the things that you would normally do in the game, like you know, stop the traffic lights or yeah. get oh, to the traffic eagle barriers. Eye. It's yeah. It, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's eagle eye. It's multiplayer eagle eye, where uh, you can also uh, using your finger drag a helicopter to like follow uh, yeah. the the console player uh, to direct where the police will go. So you can actually like drag like police cars and Brilliant. direct them where to go. So you're just trying to in just prevent the console player from reaching yeah. their goal. Can you intercept the console player? I mean... Can they get apprehended, in other words? Yeah, so the yeah. goal... Uh, you, you can have the police essentially stop them and you win uh, on, on the tablet. Wow. So, or you can have the console player get killed. Uh, and I mean, it's this really... Is, it it's sounds really, really cool. A, <laughs> it's really just a souped-up, high-tech, more feature-heavy version of the... Uh, Nintendo Land Mario game. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it's, the, it's the asymmetric gameplay that Nintendo but it's was a really talking about cool, with Wii U. Like, no, that, I, that is yeah, very I'm reductionist. Not, well, I'm not, but I'm not saying that as a bad thing. No, it's, it's actually yeah, it's, that's a it's, great game. It's, actually, it's a, it's a <laughs> great thing, and it's 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 being done on a system where or on a platform where you can you don't even have to be in the same room anymore, right? You know, and actually, what what makes it really fascinating, in my opinion, is that like someone that doesn't even own the game, they can just be. Mm-hmm fucking with you <laughs> while they're on the bus over a That's 3G connection. Cool. For it's random cool. play, yeah, I Yeah, you were saying like the 3G it. connection works really well, too. Uh, well, I mean, they demoed it on, on over Wi-Fi, but they're saying it can work over 3G as well, so I think... Which, I, I mean, have a really crappy Sprint 3G connection, so I'm going to be counting I mean, on that. I mean, there's... It's, it, it's not like they need very high... Uh, bandwidth for that is just right. data packets and it's not right. like a fighting game where you know every right. frame matters you're just sort of sort of giving general directions so i i think it might be able to work and i'd love to see where this connected play uh goes awesome. so really do, you to do things like question. open you know open feeds from closed circuit television cameras and and watch and look for the player uh no i think that would probably involve you know, actual video processing right. and whatnot. Because if you could so. do that, because that step would be even more awesome. If you're like sitting there looking at your tablet and you know you're getting close and you're like, well, I think he's over here. What camera? I mean, now I feel like I'm in a well, spy movie. It's like, what yeah, camera? I think, I think, what I cameras are different, near? I wanna... That's a different game all, well, all I think together. The, in order to make that experience fulfilling, I think you do need some feedback from on your tablet of of whether you're messing with the player or yeah. not. You know what I mean? Whether yeah. your effect, other than just a dot moving the other direction, yeah. I would love to see the player you know i, I think yeah i think having the wii u like in the same room experience is mm. definitely gonna be the most ideal implementation of that but yeah. man well, if this so is cool. the tip of the iceberg i like the ideas, wow, but you like look, the yeah. ideas. and looking what what uh, the division was showing which was very oh, yeah. similar where you were you know dropping stuff on and it was showing you real time the exact graphical representation of the I just, place area. i want to forget about the division because by the time it's actually done and i can play it <laughs> I don't want to have been like just grinding myself on it. Like I want it, I want it, I want it. I mean, I'm Ubisoft. I mean, if you guys have played Rayman Legends, they they are so good at this yeah. multiple screen gameplay. So I'm I'm really excited for what they're gonna do. 
Uh, let's see, two more games. Rise. Uh, still don't like it. Okay. Uh, it's it's not it's not even QTE fest anymore. It's right. Just, it's just the combat isn't that satisfying. It's just it's I don't know. Maybe I maybe I'm missing something about it, but it just seems it seems really dumb. <laughs> like it just doesn't seem that that complex. I I don't know. Uh, and finally, uh, Max, uh, Curse of Brotherhood, which is coming out on a uh, Xbox One and uh, Xbox Three Sixty over Live Arcade. Super cool. Uh, they did a really great job of sort of bringing the the mechanics that worked well on Wii in the original game and adapting it for a controller. I I, I thought they would do like smart glass stuff uh, mm-hmm. using tablets to do it. No, but it, it works really well on the controller. Really smart puzzles. I felt really dumb because the developer had to keep on solving the puzzles for me because I'm like, I only have 15 minutes to play this. And they're like, okay, okay. It's like, and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. It's, and the developer's just like shaking his head constantly. Just <laughs> uh, <but laughs> you hate it when they're silently judging you like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the... It would have been very satisfying to figure it out on my own. Actually, I still felt pretty proud of myself when I when I figured out the solutions. By figure it out, I mean just obediently listen to what the developer told me to do. So, uh, it happens to me at Indicate more than anything. It's just where, where I just get stuck and they have to solve it for me. I hate it when they intercept your controller before you're ready to relinquish it. Like, no, 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 I was... Okay. You're it's super me. pretty. and it's, I got this, man. I got this. I'm surprised it's running on Unity. I didn't even know Unity can make games that beautiful. But, Unity actually can do a, a number of surprising things. That I think that's a really great send-off for 360. Uh, really excited to play the rest of that game and i think that's uh that's pretty much it for, for well done well done take a nap sir <laughs> i probably will when you guys talk about football so. <laughs> <laughs> all right well, that's, that's a, for a while. Uh, there you go send off for the third we're rocking to the end of the show here we're in the last we're in the home stretch yeah maybe final segment coming up when we come back on the other side we've got the uh puppeteers what else do we need to get in there Val family sharing. Val family. Oh, I definitely want to talk about that. That's, that's really awesome. interesting. Yes. Maybe a little bit about the wonderful 101. Oh, yeah. And the wonderful. There's so there you go. They're packed up already. Ready to go. Stick around. We'll be right back. Fresh promo that just came out last month. That that is one of those tracks that you really need to hear in a really really high quality version because if you think the bass sounds good when you're listening to it right there, it sounds incredible. Yeah, it's really 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 good. All right, we have uh, no time to waste. Go right ahead. I want to talk about Puppeteer because I feel like it has not gotten much attention outside of critical response, and even some of the critics have not been that favorable for it. And I just don't get it because it is. It is another one of those games that I sat down to play and was immediately like brothers level swept up, captivated wow. by its atmosphere and and loving, you know, loving attention to not attention, just just the whole the whole loving creative atmosphere of like, wow, this is just this really fun, creative lark. It, the whole premise of it is it, it completely sells into this idea of being a fairy tale told as a puppet show. Hmm. And it goes 
It goes to every length to keep everything about the game, making you feel like you're still just watching a puppet show. The, you know, down to as you. So one of the one of the things that I've seen, you know, people sort of push back a little bit about is that it is a platformer, and that's not a bad thing. I think right. one of the things that actually, conversely, to me, from having played, so I played all of Act One and two screens uh, or two uh, curtains of Act Two. There are three curtains for each act so far. And one of the things that has really actually impressed me is oftentimes these very artistic games get lost in just their artistic piece, right? And so mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I'm just I'm doing all this really creative artistic stuff, and that's good enough, right? And I don't feel like that happened here at all. I'd say actually quite the opposite did, which is that they have excellent platforming mechanics to go with the game. You know, it's really quite fun. The The idea is that you're in this world where uh, children are being drawn out of the real world into this dreamland uh, to, uh, to serve the to serve this evil master. I'm not going to spoil. I, I have a stop. I'm not going to talk. Basically, the moon's taken over and the sun's been kicked out. Hmm. How about that? We'll just leave it at that. And you play uh, you, you become a puppet who is uh, trying to help a witch uh a, a witch overturned the uh, evil bear that's <laughs> moon bear that's okay it's, anyway forget all that anyway part. you're a puppet it, it's the, a platform it sounds silly when i try to talk about it, but the thing is you have to understand that when you're playing it it's all really so beautiful and fun because it, it's it's a bedtime story it's a bedtime that's story cool. fairy tale platforming game as a puppet game mm-hmm. so those these really cool things with mechanics two things i want to talk about uh number one is that very early on in the game you get a pair of shears and and they're like you know like giant scissors and the thing with the scissors is really cool because they become an alternate mode of how you can get around inside the levels so this uh this sort of the whole game pulls very much from a uh, a style that will i think to a lot of people feel like little big planet in that it has flat layers mm-hmm. and the flat layers really fit in with the sort of uh shadow box world of a puppet stage right so you think about you're looking at a puppet stage and i mean i'm, I'm talking about like old you know like kukla flan and ollie like classic you know stand up yeah. you, you think about those layers right they have like the flat layers and and this is has that sort of same thing so having something you could cut through with your scissors makes a lot of sense and they add uh, ever increasing ways that you can move through the world vertically by hopping or jumping and then starting to cut into something and using your cut into something to pull yourself along through the world. Mm-hmm. And so they're able to create a number of different chains. You know, sometimes it's fabric, sometimes it's leaves, and and they require just enough skill in maneuvering your player character to feel good about it, but they're very forgiving at the same time because they're they're swaths of some sort of canvas a leaf or a piece of fabric and you you don't have to just hit like that one spot as long as you keep the scissors engaged with whatever you're cutting through you can keep yourself moving through the world Hmm. and then after introducing that sense of freedom and familiarity then they sort of open things up by giving you different pathways through the level and you don't feel like you know oftentimes a platformer is a pass fail sort of learn by losing sort of event right Mm -hmm. and yet that doesn't as much come into play here there are places where you will fail there are places where you'll fall and have to go back and that's fine but but one of the things that's cool about this cutting mechanic is that by giving you different places where you can go and be correct you you can you can turn left and still be okay or you could fall a little bit and catch something with your scissors and save yourself and move on and i think that that's a really cool sort of uh you know freeing you up from that sense of oh i just got to a spot and died oh i just got to a spot and died Mm -hmm. same thing that they do with their health mechanic where you you're this puppet 
that doesn't have a head at first. And so you get heads throughout the world and the heads each have different characteristics to them. So like you might uh, get a spider head or a wrecking ball head. Hmm. And when you, when you get hit by something that would damage you, your head pops off. It's on a little spring and you have a little bit of time to go try and get through whatever, you know, whatever challenges there are in the, in that hurt you and recover your head. And if you do, then you're fine. You put your head back on and you have three heads at any so given it's similar time. similar to Sonic and his rings. Right. In that way. Yeah. The rings come spilling out of you and yeah. you go collect them up. And I really like that in this game because it, 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 I just didn't, I didn't feel like I was being punished when I was playing it. And, and that's so important just because just by alleviating that sense of punishment in some spaces, mm-hmm. then when I got to a boss fight or I got to a sense that a spot that was more difficult and I did die a few times, I didn't feel like I had just been dying all the way up there. I didn't feel like I had been like hitting impediment after impediment after impediment. I felt like I had been achieving and succeeding and like having a really good time with it. And then when I got to the parts where it was a little more challenging and, and it's really not that hard a game. I mean, if I'm going through it at a good clip, I'm not a I'm not a platforming master by any stretch of the imagination. They call then, them plasters. Hmm? Nothing. Platforming masters? <laughs> plasters. <laughs> no. Then that's better than mat formers. <laughs> Ooh. Right. Never mind. Anyway, I I don't know what else to say about it other than I just think that it's so it's so beautiful. It's the music mm. is fantastic. The the mechanics that they take advantage of with the scissors and with the head system are really cool. You have a uh, a flying moon cat that's your accompaniment. So and it's kind of cool because they, they they I think it's another phase of and maybe this is from Sony Japan Studios. And I guess maybe you know having worked a lot on Vita they've started to think of alternate means of interacting with worlds and by that i mean if you're working on vita you know you've got like touch interface and you start to think about like how do i how do i do similarly cool things and this is a game where you know you're moving your character with the left stick and on screen simultaneously you have your your moon cat who you're flying around the screen because he flies got little wings on him is you can fly around the screen with his right stick and you use him to fly around the screen and with the R2 button investigate things that pop out little shards that help you increase your life or knock things loose so you can get to different places and so as you're moving you know you, you might at different times be going around you know they, they do like to do lots of interesting things with 3D so at one point one of the first might be the second curtain you're ascending a tower and you're going around the outside of the tower and the tower is this is a three-dimensional object set into the mid-ground with the play stage in the foreground and the wrap to the back of it in the background and this thing is turning around you and you can fly the you know you can fly the moon cat up ahead of you to sort of dislodge things on the on the way up and help you get little uh, you know bonuses that are just popping to let out. you know i mean that that's because of playstation move they it was originally a playstation move game and then they ported that oh, really? functionality so they yeah we had the move at the beginning and then they've because ported that the back into right, the right, right analog stick. But it was originally intended to be a PlayStation Move uh, thing, you know, maybe for a second player, sort of like Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah. It works great with the right stick. I did not know that, but it works fantastic with the right stick. I'm having, I'm having absolutely no problem controlling it. And so I, the other thing that's funny about this is I'm playing, at the, I'm playing it uh, on Sunday, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out the 3D glasses because I could see where like this this is sort of suited to 3D. Is it supported? 
Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Oh, supports cool. so it totally supports 3D, and you just sort of and I got this sense you you almost immediately know from the outset that not only is it support 3D, it's intended that because there are parts where you know like the witch goes flying into the screen, you can just tell it's one of those moments in 3D where it's supposed to come flying out of the screen at you. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'll I'll do it. Of course, the first thing I have to do is find my 3D glasses. And after I find my 3D glasses, then I have to go. Oh, that's right, they're not charged, so I have to charge them up. Anyway, after I get them all charged up. It was really, this was a, this is a great, if you are into 3D gaming, this is, which isn't a thing anymore. That's, I mean, Puppeteer does seem like, uh, sort of the, the end product of all these Sony initiatives that sort of just died along the way. Well, that's why move move, 3D gaming. That's why I asked about the sort of tablet, second player tablet thing is like, is that, is that the next in the series of, because I really liked 3D gaming when it worked well. Well, it works great on this i would and i i don't even like 3d that much and and what i think stands out about this is because it's so sold on being a puppet game a puppet stage a puppet presentation Mm -hmm. they're only using almost almost only using the into the screen 3d right they're not trying to bring things out you're looking into a diorama yeah it's very similar to uh donkey kong country returns and it fits perfectly with the game because you already feel like you're looking into a diorama and it's just it's so captivating. And the only downside I learned is telling Andrew this is that, you know what I learned by this is that 3D gaming sucks if you're a core gamer because after about an hour, your your eyes are blown. Mm. I mean, it's just... That's why you have to put the gunners on top of the 3D glasses. I was so... <laughs> maybe gunners. it was a time of day. I mean, I have big windows in my den and I, and I sat down to play yeah. at like probably six something, which is while the sun's setting and I had the lights on or whatever. And I did, you know, the sun had set when yeah. I didn't realize how dark it had gotten. And I thought it had gotten much darker, but then I realized when I took the glasses off that actually I had the lights on in the apartment, yeah. but the, you know, those glasses, they darken everything so much. I find I have the passive 3d, right? So yours I, is different. Yeah. So I find them to be a lot easier on the eye than the active for me I, personally i would bet they are and I, is yeah. that also compatible with playstation 3's 3d as well uh-huh so it works with you i mean probably, i played that's Assassin's probably a lot Creed better three almost in, exclusively in 3d because i like it so much this game is so beautiful and so fun and it's so sold one of the more another one of the really things the things that really stands out to me is that as you play because it's trying to really sell that idea of being a puppet show, each of the level or each of the areas that you play in is is a fixed screen. And as it moves to the next screen, you get this sort of dramatic, uh, you know, like stage change where a stage will drop down into the screen or mm. slide over to the screen. And That's it's cool. really chunky. And, and it feels, oh, it's just... It's fun. It's such a lovingly crafted game. Yeah, and it's too bad that there isn't too much buzz on it uh, because... There is I now. Mean, the truth of the matter is if you don't buy this game they're not going to make the last guardian sony japan's just gonna, <laughs> sony japan they're just going to give up they're you know like what? they're holding it hostage you know yeah. what if, even if you do buy this game they're not going to make the last <laughs> anyway i don't want to spoil any of it but it's just suffice it to say it is it is terrific if you can if you can enjoy a platformer because it is a platformer at heart which it does well then the magic of this fairy tale told as a puppet story is is iris- it's irresistible this is this is easily up there knocking on brother's door to me as far as games that have captivated me off the off. And, mm. you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep playing it. And That's I'm great. just have to check it out. so mesmerized by it. It has a, it has a great narration to it. It's just, yeah, this is really, really put together. Lovely. Well, Ozzy, were you mesmerized by Wonderful 101? Well, it's going to depend on whether you're willing to stick with it or not, because uh, the Wonderful 101 has quite a steep learning curve. And 
Well, first of all, this is a game that Andrew kind of refers to as superhero Pikmin, and he's not that far off. Because the idea is you're starting out with like a small core team of superheroes. You're going across the levels. You're deputizing citizens. You're drawing like little circles across them. They join your team for the rest of the level. You make you make giant weapons. You take out like you know enemies or whatever. It's it's hard to get the hang of it a little bit, especially because after a while, like about once you get like about halfway through the game, some of the gestures that you use, you have to draw on the weak on the weak gamepad to draw some of the weapons. Some of them start to overlap one another after a while. Once you start learning more and more, like you'll try and draw like the sword, you'll draw the whip by accident. So, or like the hang glider, you'll accidentally get the uh, what was it? The oh, we gun. got we got we got the we got the gun. Yeah. We got the hand. Like it. That's a bummer. It, yeah, it takes a lot. But once you get used to it, though, it's a lot of fun. Like the world is just captivating is a good word for it the world is just i think i think we should probably backfill here for a second for those of you who are wondering what happens is you collect all of these deputies and by drawing this symbol on your wii u gamepad all of the deputies sort of do a voltron and form into this this giant super thing and the more guys you have the bigger your weapons get and the 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 more you draw so like you know you can even if you have like a hundred dudes following you if you draw like a small line it'll be a smaller sword but if you draw a bigger line it'll be a bigger sword yeah and it'll be more effective if it's a larger weapon obviously but and the thing that andrew was noticing as we were kind of doing the video review is it's really easy to get lost that's that that's part of where the learning curve comes in is you kind of need to know your way around like the levels a little well, bit there's, it also uses like weird gamer logic for the puzzles i yeah. uh, i was playing uh, i was watching a friend play and like early on there's like a group of people surrounded by a fire yeah and he's like i don't know what to do like oh i got stuck in that part too and i'm like uh, why don't you just knock that thing on on, on top down and he's like what because <laughs> like you yeah. don't know what's interactive and what's not and i'm like gamer logic come yeah. on that that thing's gonna fall down it's gonna like somehow magically extinguish the fire without hurting of any of the people it, under exactly it. there's a lot of that and if you get easily frustrated you're gonna put this game down after like about 20 30 minutes and i think that's actually part of the reason that the demo is turning a lot of people off the this this game isn't really made for a vertical slice. It's meant to be experienced kind of as a whole. And if you don't, I, I think it has a lot of the same problems that Metal Gear Rising had. Yeah, uh, this, where Rising is, if you play it for like twenty minutes, it's rather intimidating and off putting. And Rising also does a terrible job of teaching you how to play. Rising. Yeah, that that it does. Uh, it, Wonderful One Hundred One, I think, has a lot of the same flaws where. It doesn't. It it tells you how to play the game. Yeah. It doesn't tell you how to be good at it though. But especially once you hit the <laughs> once you hit the QTEs and you have to kind of like draw something like spur of the moment. You're like, wait, how do I draw this again? And you just end up kind of and dying I, off and on I, a loop. And I totally agree with you. Uh, for playing it for a while, I'm like, oh wow, the right analog stick is much easier to use than the gamepad. Yeah, pad. Andrew, Andrew and I had this discussion because when I was first reviewing it, he said, well, the game's designed so that you draw on the gamepad. But it's a platinum game. It's the the action's just like going at a mile a minute. You don't really have time to look down and just start drawing something because something's gonna hit you. So after a while, you kind of accustomed. And not to yourself. just that, but like for for me, for some reason, it felt like certain motions were more accurate using the yeah. gamepad, but certain other ones were just easier to use the right analog stick. Right. And so if you use the right analog stick, do you get like a cursor on screen so you can see what you're yes. drawing? Yes, okay, in fact, you actually get you actually get a cursor on screen, and there's actually something you can unlock where that cursor actually will do damage to enemies if you start, uh-huh. if you actually use it. So there are a lot of reasons to go with the right analog stick. In fact, if you have a pro controller, I'd say kind of take it out for this. But it's it's so charming though. I love the writing. Yes, uh, and it, it doesn't take itself too seriously. I, I love the Blue Ranger. Yeah, he has the best lines in that <laughs> Je- game. Je- Jeff, it's really silver agey. If if, mm. if if you get that but, like, like freedom force the old uh, yeah that's, yeah that type of thing it's really lighthearted it pokes fun at itself a lot like it's 
if you have a Wii U, I'd say get it. I don't think it's going to sell a lot of systems, though. But it's not going to sell any systems. Right. I, I mean, I think uh, no one's going to go out of their way to buy that game. But, you know, it, but, and I think it looks pretty good, actually, yeah. when, especially when there's a lot of characters on screen and yeah. when, when the cities are just falling apart yes. and you're just jumping around everywhere. It's like, wow, this is like, this, I feel like it's pushing the Wii U. Yeah. yeah, this is the first game that I've played where it actually feels like it needs to be on the Wii U. Like, there's a bunch of stuff where you have it, you have the main display, and you're like, okay, I can just play it on my gamepad, go play it on the bed. No, you need both screens for this. Because there's there are a lot of places you go into where the camera will shift into the gamepad, and then the, you'll look on the TV screen, there'll be stuff going on in there, too. There's, there's action going on. So that being the uh, case, a how lot of that... puzzles, yeah, yeah, where you're just like, oh man, I, I forgot to look up at the TV while I'm doing this. So know? that being the case, how does that make you feel about Wii U gaming when it actually clicks as Wii U shows gaming? A, shows the potential of what it can do. So I, it's good potential. You're yes, you're down with that, absolutely. Cool. I mean, like I said, Rayman, Rayman Legends. You, every, any Wii U owner needs to play that game because that is still the definition of of what wii u gaming should be i'm still waiting for nintendo to show the potential of their own system which is normally not the case normally they're the first ones on top of it and now it's guys like platinum it's guys like ubisoft they're the ones that are finding new it's even indie devs like the people that are doing tengami like those people are finding new ways to use the wii u gamepad got to get the word out nintendo got to figure out how to we'll we'll be talking about that for wii u for a while find it find that game that communicates what's cool that you can do with it, just like they've done with their other products. Crossing my fingers for uh, Mario 3D World. Which, which that said, though, that eight-day stretch between the 15th and the 22nd, that's going to hurt. <sighs> between the PS4, the Xbox One, the launch titles, Super Mario 3D World, Legend of Zelda, Link Between Worlds, all coming out in that eight-day span. And Make we're it, all just going to be playing Grand Theft Auto V anyway. Exactly. Make it yeah. hurt so good. <laughs> Make it hurt so good. All right. Uh, one of the big questions, speaking of those two consoles about next-gen, is how willing will we be to go into the digital world? And Xbox One, one of its big promises that the, some people, including Jeff Kanata, after its removal lamented, were the potential for having this all-digital future, what it could mm-hmm. look like. Valve unveiled a program this week that I think uh, embodies a lot of what folks were hoping would be able to be done with Xbox One, and whether or not they would have gone down this road or not remains to be seen. Uh, or who knows, because it's not going to be seen in, in its entirety now. But yeah. they unveiled this idea uh, or this program called Family Sharing. Now, Family Sharing is in beta. If you'd like to sign up for it, you can do so uh, over on uh, Steam's website. The, basically, basically <laughs> what this does is... It, it does what it says on the tin. It says it's uh, it's it lets you share. Now, I think one of the, the limitations here is that it lets you share your library with another person. So you can't just pick a game and say, oh, you know, Andrew, I'm going to share Splinter Cell Blacklist with you. I share my entire library with you. And once I've shared my library with you, then you can come in to my library and browse it pick titles out of there and say hey i'd really like to play this game garnet can i can i borrow it from you and then i can i can i can authorize that and then you can go away and play it and you'll be able to play it on your machine you'll be able to have your own saves you'll have your own achievement progress all that kind of stuff only one of us can play a game at the time so i mean i can be playing anything out of my library that's not the game that andrew's playing but if he's playing um, you know splinter cell or whatever it is he's sharing and i go to play it then he'll get a notification that i've turned it on and he'll have a period of time, and the FAQ didn't say yet what that is. He'll have a period of time in which he can save and get logged out before it'll kick him out, or he can buy the game. If he buys the game, of course, then it just basically unlocks it for him. So it's it's a little bit 
constrictive in that you're sharing your entire library with another person. How is that constrictive? Yeah, that sounds the opposite. Yeah, yeah, if you have a huge back library, well, like, that's maybe a great thing. maybe you don't want people to know like how into Farming Simulator you are, right? right? Yeah. Well, all they see is that you own Farming Simulator. They don't know how much time you've played it, right? All they, they see is the games you own. They, they, they just that? see that you own it and that you have every achievement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I was misunderstanding, but I thought you could only share your library with one person at a time. I think it, no. I oh, think it sets up to ten devices. Yeah, you can so. authorize up to ten devices. Mm-hmm. So I was I didn't understand, but I don't know that you, I don't know that you can share with multiple accounts. In other words, I think that that means number of account number of devices you have linked to your account and number of devices they have linked to I their don't know. account. I don't, think, I don't think families are made out of two people. So, so maybe not. Some families are. Aww. <laughs> Aww. That's sad. Well, okay, families aren't exclusively two people. How about that? You know, they can be larger. So, so, so uh, what do you guys think of this plan? I think this is fantastic. I, I, think this I, is yeah, I, fantastic. I already know who I want to grant <gasps> access to. Are you looking at them right now? Huh? And none of them are in this room. Damn! <laughs> Come on! But, but, yeah, but yeah, if you have a huge library and you have like games dating back from like 2009, 2010 that you're like, oh, I didn't get around to playing that, you can share. You can share it with someone and they can kind of take a look at it. I think it's a really cool feature. I think it'd be great for uh, us as game reviewers if yeah. we can share our libraries and be like, hey, Ozzy, can you review this for me? It's on my account. Yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. I, I I think it's awesome, and I wonder if I wonder how long Valve has been working on this, or if they were like. Hey, you know that thing that's that everybody really, was that's talking pretty, that's about? That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're like, we could do that. We just really? have so Let's much awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely the kind of thing that Valve would do is they'd be in a meeting and they'd be like, you guys been reading this stuff about this is kind of a good idea. Yeah. There's no reason why we can't do it. I, I love the idea of it, especially as, as titled family share, because I think it really does solve the problem in your household of, you know, you've got an upstairs PC game, you know, PC, gaming PC. You've got a ga- PC downstairs that's tied to big picture and you've got a family full of people. And maybe one of you wants to play Adam Zombie Smasher and another one of you wants to play Left 4 Dead. And, you know, or what about the fact that little Billy and little, you know, Sally both want to play a game. You have to buy it twice. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm gonna. That's, eat. What, that's what I'm saying. Is you bought you bought the game. You bought the game and brought it into your house. You just brought it into your house digitally, right. and they're respecting that. I mean, they're basically they're respecting the fact that you have bought the game, right. brought it into your household, right. and now they're saying, okay, household, you can play this game. We will give you more flexibility in how you can get to it. And that's one of the big stumbling blocks for moving into digital. Red Squirrel, you know, I, we didn't, haven't been doing good at getting to listener questions. I'll get back to that next week for sure. By, by the way, guys. Ask you know what would it take to get you to move? Is it is it about price? Is it about multi device play? Is I, it about I, sales? I, I prefer digital, uh, as do I. I've said yeah, that before. I, on the show. I prefer digital on PlayStation and Xbox. I prefer digital uh, on Nintendo. I prefer discs because they don't have accounts that keep track of my purchases. Mm. But on on Sony and Microsoft machines, I I feel rather confident that if I delete something off my system, I'll be able to get it. That'll back. be at sitting on a server. Well, you know, I think that the big thing about what what Steam's family sharing does is it addresses this point that Enjoya brought up in response to Red Squirrel that as it stands now, you take value away from a customer when they buy in digital because you know whether you like it or not, having the ability to use that disc that you purchased because you hold the physical disc had some intrinsic value. Some people, you know, wanted to sell them back, but also just being able to take it up to the other room in your house and let someone else play it like that's a big deal. There are other pieces to that puzzle. I mean, for sure. the time for the time being, as long as the retail landscape stays the way it has, buying physical games if you're not, especially if you're willing to not buy at release date. 
might still be the cheapest way because what happens is a retailer buys those discs and ultimately they get to a point where they want to sell them. Mm-hmm. They want to get rid of them. So they are oftentimes more aggressive in marking them down. Yeah. Right? Or so. even or even someone like Best Buy who has like a rewards program. Like you wind up using that sort of thing to do your to help you with your shopping. Actually I, I find uh using things like Best Buy's reward program mm-hmm. to I find myself buying like twenty dollar cards from Best I do that Buy too. Yeah. In order to get the points. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, just to have the currency. Because they give you, I think, like a 25% boost for anything gaming related, so, like Steam cards, that yeah, type of thing. Just getting a rebate on money, pretty much. So. All right, folks, we made it through. It's time to uh, bang out the finishing moves before heading into the, uh, if you're sticking around for football, the tailgate. I started off 3 0 this season. I can't well believe done. it. Well done. Can't believe it. It's, anyway, the op- it's the opposite of how you ended last season. Last season was terrible. We all know that. All right, here we go, folks. Finishing moves. All right, time to kick him off. I will go first here. First of all, I'm terribly envious of Andrew, who's headed over to Tokyo Game Show. Second year in a row, I'm not going. Hmm. Disappointment. Well, I haven't been been back in like five years at this point. Really? Yeah. Well, have a great time. Enjoy it. There'll be lots of fun stuff. And of course, with the console coming up, should be really, I think, interesting to see. I'm not not, not expecting much out of TGS, to be honest, especially because it's not coming out until next year in in japan and we haven't gotten a lot of tgs last couple of years which is why i didn't go last year as well so here's here's my finishing move though uh in in speaking with famitsu um gran turismo's creator has you know yamauchi san has has hinted that there's a there's a version coming for ps4 they make surprising no one (laughs) surprising no one they've actually said it point blank many times it's not like a hint they're like yeah we're making but but those of you who think it's going to be quick The time, I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> just obviously aren't familiar with Polyphony Digital. The time frame, this is a great time frame, is it'll be out in, you know, one or two years. It might be out next year, but it might be out two years later. It's, I think it's going to be a long wait. And he even goes on to say that it'll probably be entitled, it'll probably will be Gran Turismo 7. So if you, if the thought had been, oh, well, they'll do a version of Gran Turismo 6 and bring it over for, you know, PlayStation 4 don't count on it right now as it stands because it sounds like they're aiming towards making a new Gran Turismo for PlayStation 4 that's not a carrier. Well, the new engine that they made for Gran Turismo 6 is multi-platform. That's what they said. So they can take the engine over, but I think it sounds like they'll be doing a lot more. The other thing that was interesting as part of that interview in Famitsu was that he had a lot of positives about PlayStation 3 still computationally Mm -hmm. and and did not sound, at least through the translation, that overwhelmed by the computational power of the PlayStation 4 was much more excited and interested in its memory capabilities because it had, you know, obviously when you're storing all those cars. Anyway, yeah. that's your Gran Turismo update, folks. Don't, I'm still excited for 6. I'm actually quite excited for 6. But there you go. Who wants to go next? I can go. Uh, it's the second week in a row that somehow I didn't manage to fit in talking about Killzone Mercenary, which I have been playing on Vita uh, and is solid. Super solid. If you haven't been keeping your eye on this one, it is a uh, Vita-based Killzone game that is, th- this isn't saying much, but the best handheld FPS I've ever played. Uh, certainly the competition isn't stiff for that title, but um, it- it's great. The twin sticks, it- it- the first thing that you notice about playing Killzone Mercenary is how gorgeous it looks on this handheld. It really sets it apart from any other kind of handheld experience. It is quite something to behold. And 
that kind of high-level presentation carries through the entire experience. Uh, the touchscreen stuff is fun. It adds a little bit of differentiation from, you know, playing it on a console. Uh, it's just not anything, you know, revolutionary. It's just a real solid shooter. If you like shooters, you Which have Which is sort Vita. of revolutionary for the platform, you know? Yeah, I, I'll, grant, yeah, I'll it, grant you it, that. It's hard to make a good FPS on the Vita, because I remember Call of Duty trying their... their uh, they didn't really try with Call of Duty. Saying, I trying, think trying, trying is, uh, is, a, I, is a generous word there. I think Zav was saying that it was a disaster when he... Well, uh, they did work on it for like four months. So. Mercenary is not a disaster. I'm not a big fan of the whole like, we're doing it all for the money because we're mercenaries. That's the that's the theme of this one. Uh, in that universe, it's not particularly interesting. What's interesting in that universe is, you know, the is the hell gas being... Whatever. And you know, they're all around, but you are this mercenary doing, doing it all for the... Is this weird fascist the, political statement struggle? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's what... But uh, solid game, and, and it's uh, it's a great great Vita game, and I highly recommend it. Cool. Uh, let's see. I, I guess I'll go... Uh, at PAX, I got to play a free game on Android, iOS. Not free to play, just peri- free with a period. Period free. Uh, called Asterogue. A-S-T-E-R-O-G. G-U-E from Real Human Games. Uh, it's it's done. It's available on the App Store uh, and Amazon and all that stuff. And uh, the reason why I bring it up is, uh, well, I thought it was pretty cool. And I'm like, wait, how, why is this free? Why Where's the free-to-play mechanic? They were just like, we just... We just wanted to make a game and just release it. I'm like, okay, that's really cool. What a what a novel idea. And also, real human games. Apparently, they're big fans of Weekend Confirm, so ah, they wanted to. Wow. Get they uh, so I feel like might as well give a shout out to them, especially because you don't have to pay any money to play their game. It's a game made because they wanted to make a cool game. They wanted to make a cool. So game. they're extraordinarily. That's pretty badass. Poor, yeah. awesome guys. <laughs> uh, so I guess I should describe the game before you all flock to download it. It's a. Uh, it's a dungeon crawler where your your abilities, your powers are actually randomized. So, hmm. uh, you know, every time you launch the game, you you know you might be able to like have this sword attack and this like this area attack, and uh, they're triggered by different swipes of. Um, so you sort of have to like learn new mechanics every time you play the game. It's, I th- I think that's like a pretty nifty gimmick. Uh, sort of gives you an excuse to like keep on going back. Uh, like rogue legacy. It, it, it's a it's a roguelike light, you know. So, What's the title again? Asterogue. So A S T E R O G U E. So I'll, I'm sure I'll throw a link in there. We'll link Ozzie. it up. Yeah. Uh, super cool. Ozzy, bring it home. All right. Well, f- uh, quick two parter. First of all, I want to give a blanket congratulations to the 36 finalists for this year's Indicade. A lot of games that are which are coming soon, but there are also some ones that have already come out that we both we all know are amazing, like Gone Home, uh, Rogue Legacy, and and Towerfall, which is on the Ouya but coming to the PC. Cannot wait to get my hands on that game again. It's actually been one of my favorite games of the year so far, and any chance I've had to play it, whether it's at whether it was at E three at Evo or anywhere else, I've just gone nuts with it. Still haven't won a game yet though, but and uh, so yeah, congratulations to everyone. And if you're in the Culver City area on October 5th and 6th, be sure to head on over and check it out. And second part is uh, we got our first video review up on Shack News this week. The wonderful hey, 101. Congrats, it's, guys. Yeah, it's up on YouTube right now. Uh, be sure and check it out. Uh, leave any constructive feedback, any of that good stuff, and we'll be sure and work on it for the next one. I, For example, I'm already aware of uh, the audio issue. That's my fault because I actually wasn't available for re-recording, but... <laughs> also, Ozzy actually um, 
doesn't pick up on microphones. This is a terrible podcast. I can't believe we're talking to you and your audio is just not even going to be there. I know. I, you, can, you can't even hear what I'm saying right now. Why am I wasting your time well, with all this? We got that guy we hired to come in and record and, all and, his lines. And, and dub, That's dub what everybody has been yeah. hearing this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks very much for joining us. Hope you will. Uh, if you're a sports fan, stick around. We have the tailgate coming up. Brought to you by the Press Row Podcast. Woo! Super nice, guys. Rich Grisham's going to be joining us. He is going to be picking as well now Love it. at Jumping Into the Fray. If you're not though uh big thanks of course to uh everybody here at the atlantis group micah on the boards del rio uh it's the last time yeah he's gonna get married last time bachelor last time bachelor del rio will be in the booth he'll be coming back without his ball congrats dude pre-wedding congrats well pre-wedding congrats he's, right. you know what he's doing he's chickening it out and leaving town before the niners spank his seahawks oh <laughs> he's going to smack, seattle smack talk tail be between good. his legs the smack talk shall be good all right uh, go watch double jump Go watch, go watch Double Jump. Stop by the uh, shack. Get in the comments threads. We will do uh, more listener questions next week. But until next week, that's your weekend confirmed, and we are ghost. This episode of Weekend Confirmed is brought to you by the Gamefly app, the must-have app for gamers, with info on over 50,000 console, handheld, iOS, and PC games. Get the Gamefly app for free today on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. All right, everybody, welcome to the tailgate. Brought to you by the Press Row Podcast. If you're a sports game fan, you should definitely be listening to the Press Row Podcast. Uh, Press Row Podcast, brought to you by op- I know, brought to you by Operation Sports. It has pretty much all of the best internet uh, video game sports video game writers all corralled by rich grisham to talk about the latest and greatest in sports video games they also get good interviews so get yourself over to itunes or operation sports subscribe to that bad boy and rich is gonna be joining us here in uh, just a little bit to join in on the pick'em fun he's gonna have to do a little catch-up i have a little surprise for him the catch-up pick that i made him do yeah uh yeah i was not nice to him i made him do denver minus five and a half going into new york giants that game wow. that game to me is like brothers that is such a hard game to pick so Tough rich good luck with that i started off on the top of the heap i'm so happy after last week you know after hey, last no. season Congrats. the last season's disaster uh, this season's already success started off three and oh uh canada you were uh right there with dave at two and one both yeah. of you guys oh, yeah. there. Oh, yeah. uh, i believe uh, i was oh also two yeah, you, were. you didn't do this in order so did so was ozzy and so it's was just Mike. in order so was by how we pick them just easier to keep track sorry ozzy so we have uh, me at three and oh and then uh jeff dave the uh, staff here at the Atlantis group micah is in in picking this uh week for us and uh ozzy at two and one andrea one and two because she picked against the night yeah, yeah, that's what happens yeah. And guess I, picked, was, I picked against an Anderson. Yeah, yeah, came yeah, out me, two and one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> guess was one and two. But we don't have a we don't have a guest this week. So anyway, I, we might have to do like a random guest pick. I guess maybe we could do we, a special yeah. crowd we person the coin. or something. The infamous coin. the coin, or we could do a coin. coin. All right. So uh, 
here's what I got lined up. By the way, I've not done fantasy football because I've been so behind on stuff, but I'll make sure we have a fantasy update. I won week. both my games. Did in you? The, in the, I in lost the, one of mine. Yes, you did. I lost one of in mine. In the Weekend Confirm League, uh, very, very big week of scoring. There were like 145 points by team. Crazy week Lots of, of tons, going of, up. tons of points. Number number of big name disappointments and number of big name come yeah. through. So it, look, it's week one. My theory in week one is don't panic. I know a number of people were hitting the waiver wire super hard. You know, just I was one of those people. <laughs> so we'll see how there, it plays out. There's a reason. There's a reason you were drafting who you were drafting. And first week, first week jitters. See what happens this week. And never blow too much on your. Never, never, never be too quick to throw someone on the dust pile or the junk pile that you took the time to draft. But anyway, uh, picks. So here's what I got for you. These are these were the most interesting matchups based sometimes on teams, but also based sometimes on the points. I got you a Washington. It's crazy. Plus seven and a half. Did they look awful going into Green Bay until the fourth quarter? Until the fourth quarter. Yeah, until garbage time. Yeah. Well, well, until RG three looked like he actually got his wheels on. Yeah, that's that's the question mark. Seven and getting giving them seven and a half. Seven and a half. But here's both of these teams have something to prove. Yeah, Green Bay is and it's in Green Bay, and it's in Green Bay. There, I mean, they played really well uh, in San Francisco. They have something to prove that this is their home opener. Aaron Rodgers could come out slinging, and they could throw up a ton of points, but seven and a half is so many. It's a lot of points. Not as many points as the next one. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, I, I, I think if Washington loses, starts the season 0-2, bad things. That that town has been on such a high for RG3. Do you and, think the Packers will start 0-2, though? Uh, I know. 0-2 at home? I don't think so. That Packers are pissed. After how but they I don't know if they cover week. the spread. Yeah. So can I do you? you I started off. So which way I'm are you going to go? I'm picking Washington only because of the points. I think Green Bay wins the game, but I think it's a squeaker. You think it's? Oh, you think it's a squeaker? All right. Uh, I, since I'm at three and zero, oh, I'll go right after you. I think this is a Green Bay feel good game. I don't. Wow. I don't think that the Redskins can keep pace with the offense that I saw the Packers play against the 49ers who have a ferocious yeah. they have a vora- ferocious they have a ferocious defense <laughs> ferocious and voracious they are they are hungry and after it all the time that's actually that's actually a really good name for it because that is a really really good defense yeah. and yet they were able to pull off you know look Jordy Nelson one of my huge mis- misinterpretations although I actually have him in a couple of leagues but that's because I followed my draft sheet I mean that catch that he made on the yeah, sidelines that, that he got his feet down and unbelievable and and just the way they were able to move the ball i think that i, I don't see the redskins keeping pace with them i don't see the redskins you think keeping it's keep, a blowout i think it is i think it's the pack at home double digit early or you know it's late summer so the it green bay is still way. like really comfortable place it's not cold it's not inclement rogers is going to light that place up and it's going to be it's, it's going to be a be fun a game mess. to watch it's gonna be. I, a mess. I think it'll be a fun game to watch. I I have this sneaky feeling RG three is gonna have a down year out of the. Uh, I don't think he's his wheels are back yet. And uh, Green Bay at home. I mean, after losing last week, I think I think they come out roaring. So I am going Green Bay. I mean, yeah. Wow. Look, I, look, all right. look at what Lacey was able to do. Even I mean, yeah. that that team is. They haven't had a good running back in years. Good. Washington's defense looked terrible. Washington's defense looked well. And part of that was the, the Eagles' up-tempo pace caught them at first. Right. But even once they had gotten them caught, I mean, they were just gashing them. Yeah. Just gashing them. Oz, what do you think? I you feel can like, be our guest. I feel like... The, or actually, you're already in there. Yeah, I'm already, I feel like the Redskins are going to be this year what the Lions were last year. Is there going to be that kind of like 
downfall disappointment. Mm. This what is the Lions are every year. I mean, oh, oh, oh no, I think the Lions are looking like they're going to have a good year this year. Oh, I agree. But uh, it's it's going to be a blowout. I'm going to say Green Bay. All right, Micah, which way are you going, sir? Also wow. going Green Bay. Right. Lots of uh, all this way for me to pick line up. Oh, by the way, and Andrea, Andrea, Andrea went. With the Washington, Washington oh, Redskins, and, and Rich went. Rich went. Well, hold uh, on. We got we got Rich coming oh, up. Rich is oh, Rich oh. is going to get his. Oh, we got Rich got Sorry, Rich people. coming up on the line. Rich is coming up on the line. We'll break him in. I talked uh, to him on the phone already. Well, we'll break him in. We'll break him in after the next one. Uh, then we next one. I really liked this one, especially because I lived in Houston for a while, and so we've got the Tennessee Titans, which once upon a day were the Houston Oilers. Yeah, at the Houston Texans. The Titans are getting nine and a half points going into Reliant. Wow. Houston, Houston. A, cra- a squeaker against San Diego. San Diego They're looked like they me, were, were yeah. knocking them down. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, Houston finally gets its act together. Yeah. Gee, what are the odds that the Chargers would collapse on Monday night two years in a row? Ozzy was at the game. I, feel I like. was there live. That <laughs> sucked. Oh, I'm sorry, brother. Yeah. I'm Tough sorry. to be a Chargers fan. It was, it, was, and it was a weird, it was sort of a weird, like, happening in slow motion collapse because the Chargers are on top yeah. of that game. And then yeah, they did the exact same thing last year against Denver. It just sort of, it just sort of like they're getting towards the end of the game and it just like got out of the, it, it, it left them. <laughs> uh, the game left them. I was yelling out, fire Norv. And I'm like, wait, he's not here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, did you hear what they were doing? Total side note, a college. Did you hear what they were doing? They were. Oh, <laughs> I heard about this. Yeah, I know about the the signs that say fire lane. The people were writing Kiffin at the bottom. <laughs> wow, that's pretty funny. That is pretty funny. That's I'm really hilarious. I'm really torn on this game. Nine and a half is a lot of points. That's a ton and, of points. And I think that I think that the combination of Johnson running well in Tennessee and their line, you know, being pretty well together in Tennessee. Makes us a from like a formidable team enough that nine and a half is a lot of points. At the same time, Houston shut down the running game of the Chargers last yes, weekend. I just totally shut it down. But then on the other hand, the Chargers offensive line is maybe worse than the Cowboys offensive <laughs> line. So I I gotta go with Tennessee on this because I think that that that, that front line with CJ running behind them and both these teams not looking to push the pace. We'll keep this to a place where nine and a half points is too big a spread. So I'm taking the Titans. I disagree. This is this is the blowout of the week. I think Houston wins by 14. Steamrolls them. 14. Oh. Wins by 14. Dave, where are you going on this one? I disagree, kind sir. I think they win by nine. So I'm going with the Titans. Hmm. Interesting. Houston's one of those teams that don't perform well, like on prime time. Like they always lay an egg on Monday night or Sunday night or whatever. But this is under the radar. They're gonna they're playing a bad team. I think Tennessee only won last week because Pittsburgh is freaking terrible. Yeah. So much worse than I thought. <laughs> they so, picked Dwyer back up because they didn't know what to do at running back after Redmond was just so bad. Oh my gosh! And, and they're in pieces. Like, but I think Houston's gonna win this one in the blowout too. All right, and Micah, you are uh, next up on which one are you taking here? He does, he doesn't know either. It's a tough one. He is going with the Texans at well. So I'm sort of I'm sort of sitting out here on an island because Andrea has gone with the Houston Texans. I, I'm with you well. on the island. I, I went yeah. Titans. I know. Well, oh, that's right. You did. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. I was thinking. I was also like getting ready here to queue up because at this point, let me uh, let me bring in the host of the Press Row podcast, Mr. Rich Grisham. Uh, he's got his picks, maybe some uh, expert analysis. Rich, take it away. 
Well, thanks, Garnet. I am uh, not so sure about the expert analysis. In fact, I have a feeling these picks are probably going to be disastrous, but that's all right. Let's get right to it. Thank you so much, hi everybody. So here's the deal. You got the Redskins heading to Lambeau Field. Uh, the Redskins are seven and a half point underdogs, and while they showed a lot of heart coming back late against the Eagles last week, I think Green Bay's home opener is going to be too much to uh, too much to overcome. So I like the uh, Packers with the seven and a half points. I love this next matchup: the Titans at Houston. You have the old Oilers versus the new Oilers. Although neither team is called the Oilers anymore, I love it. It's kind of like when the Ravens play the Browns or the Arizona Cardinals play the uh, St. Louis Rams. There's always that little nostalgia in the air, especially when they're playing in the old place. Anyway. Houston is a uh, Houston is a nine and a half point favorite over the Titans. That's a lot of points. Houston showed a lot of gumption coming back against the Chargers. I'm also going to take the favorite here, Houston, and the big nine and a half points. Uh, up next, you got the 49ers heading to Seattle in a throwdown death match. The uh, 49ers are actually two and a half point underdogs. Kind of surprising. I'm taking the 49ers in the quasi upset and in the catch up game. You got Denver traveling to the Giants. They are five-and-a-half-point favorites. This is a big-time letdown game, I think, for Denver and a big-time stand-up moment for the Giants. Even though I hate the Giants, I am going to take them. They are going to cover that five-and-a-half-point spread. Thank you, Garnett. We love Weekend Confirmed. Listen every week. And uh, this is Rich Christian for the Press Row Podcast, brought to you by Operation Sports. We'll see you again soon. Does it seem to you like he read the points wrong? No, no. Said, I, well, yeah, I mean, no, he read the points right. I think, though, that he sort of like just said it. He weird. couched them a little bit strange, but he okay. had the favorites in the right spot. He, All right. Look, you're talking about a sports guy there, by the way. Yeah, great podcast. Press Row podcast. Uh, from, we're probably wrong. We're Operation probably sports. You know, I did him no favors, favors by the no, way. Of course. That Denver, that Denver, New York game, that's. I think it could. It's a brother, really, it's a really interesting game. And brother. every time the Mannings face off. I yeah. Know. There's going to be like 9,000 yards of passing during that game. Yeah, because yeah. 47 touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> Like people's and, careers, and twelve interceptions. <laughs> and the question is, how many fumbles and turnovers yeah. for the Giants after last week? Well, wow, they that was a that was a quite a gift. They got Jacobs back. Yeah. <laughs> that right there shows you that they are still committed. So, I mean, if you if you're going out and picking or desperate, break, man, Jacobs just like last year he was. I, he didn't even see the field much for the Niners, did he? No, no. I mean, it was just. He, but he's ready. He's he says he's top form. He's coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, couldn't get any playing time on the for okay. the Niners, but he's coming back. He's ready. He's ready. <laughs> he's ready. One of the best in the league, he says. Are you guys right there ready to wrap this up with the rivalry? America's <laughs> game of the week. Eyebrow bet. Yeah. San okay. So are we doing it? Are we doing the eyebrow bet? <laughs> if the I eye- wasn't getting married yeah, whoa, whoa, next week, I'm all over it. Russell Wilson and Colin Kaepernick did a commercial where they bet whoever loses the game has to shave one eyebrow. So. I'll, Boys, <laughs> so Del Rio said that we should do the same Where's, bet. You're not going to lose, Dave, right? I, if I put lose your, my put your money where your eyebrow is, destroy me. <laughs> what? Uh, put hey, come on, man. Put your money with it. Uh, maybe if we table it till after the wedding, the, the shaving. <laughs> so it is a betting line. I, ha- I actually have a professional career that requires me to not look like a mongoloid. <laughs> Apologies but, to all the mongoloids. But, but, out there. but you're confident the Niners are going to win, right? You never know what kind of crazy, yes. crazy roles you might be able to book with one eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> Half surprised guy. Just, just wear an eye patch. Go audition as a pirate. There you go. Uh, they're installed. San Francisco is only a two and a half point dog, which on the road means that it's pretty much pick them. Usually you get three points for the home team. I'm to, surprised you know, it's not bets. even money though. I, I really, it's this is pretty. It's, although you know. Putting up twelve points last night last week is not exactly uh, putting fear in my a sweet twelve points. <laughs>
My, it's like that. Seattle did struggle a little last week. Yeah. We did. No, we did I, struggle. I, I thought about that, but then they're they're waking up at like ten a.m. on the East Coast. Yeah, we usually lo- we usually get destroyed on that game on the East Coast games. So I, if you look at our record, like the last six years, we're like four and sixteen or twenty going over that way. So so let's it's hard it. to play in Seattle. Let's play it is a play loud quick. place. Jeff, I know you're picking the Niners, but Got give me. us give us your your rationale for picking the Niners here. Besides, just they're my team. Uh, well, I I think that they will be up for this game like no other game this season. Even like more, last year. yeah, even more than when the Seattle comes to San Francisco later this year. I think they want to go into their house and prove who's the king of the NFC. Everybody's saying these are basically the one-two teams in the NFC. Yep, and Harbaugh hates Pete Carroll. He these two teams hate each other. This is going to be. Big time, big time football. Kaepernick looked amazing. 400, first 400 plus yards. It was amazing. No interceptions, no mistakes. He stayed in the pocket. He uh, He threw some very pretty balls. Unbelievable. Vernon Davis and he look like they're on the same page for the first time. He has beautiful (laughs) balls. The man has gorgeous balls. You see that GQ cover? Um, The, uh, yeah, I think Gore has a good game. I think they commit to the running game more than they did week one. And, all uh, right, all right. Counterpoint, maybe the defense it, comes up. Tell big. us why them. Tell us why them Hawks are defense going to gets two turnovers. First off, I'm going to be oh. in Seattle for this, so I'm. I've been trying to get tickets, and the standing room only are like like 500 bucks. Jesus Christ, it is freaking ridiculous. Stadium. So, that stadium is going to be loud too. Seattle is going, a loud so Seattle, well, Here's stadium. a couple things. Seattle's going for a Guinness World Book of Records at this game for the loudest most stadium, donuts eaten, most loudest stadium ever. Oh, and the cops are going undercover as Niner fans to. Catch unruly fans, yeah. So, so yeah, guys that are like they're like, so, yeah, so come at me, bro. So it's like it's like a bait car, but it's a yeah. bait dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got think, my Kaepernick jersey on. <laughs> I yeah. feel pretty good because last week we did not play well, but we found a way to win. And Russell Wilson threw like we didn't. The defense didn't score the winning touch and, touchdown. Wilson did. So uh, the defense is going to show up. I think the home field advantage is this is going to be should be a really good game. The home field advantage I think is going to take us over the top. You know, because last year eight no at home. Hoping we can ride that out again. So, you know, Hawks all the way. Go Hawks. 12th man in the building. And uh, hopefully I get into the game. I think this I'm going down to the stadium. And this is your wedding pre- the present? Game. If it's not over like $600, I, I've, I might. I don't know. It's really <laughs> tough. I don't know if we're spending that much money. It might be fun just to go down and... Uh, Will you be married by the time this game kicks off? Or is that no, it? it's, a, it's the weekend before. Oh, okay. So... All right. Well, good luck, Dave. Oz? I am not betting against Seattle at home. I'm taking Seattle. Oh. You're dead to me. Okay. Mm. Micah, you're you're next up here. He's he's thinking same thing. Oh, yeah, that record. Yep. He's done That's just because you love Guinness oh, doesn't mean <laughs> any it doesn't mean anything. Uh, he's sticking with the Niners. Thank and, you. And uh it is this is an incredibly difficult call for me. My mm-hmm. my football mind says the Niners are too strong for the Seahawks. But, and you get two and a half points. Uh, you fuck the two and a half points. <laughs> well, if it's a close game, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a field goal. I, it, yeah, I know, but it's like thirty-one it, thirty. It could be. A, it could be a twenty-one twenty game or yeah. something like that. I could easily see that. And the Hawks kicker is pretty damn good. He's really good. He's really good. I am going to go with the Hawks. You fucking asshole. Because maybe I'm not cursing you. Maybe you think of it that way. I'm going to go with the oh, Hawks. Yeah, okay, I'll take because <laughs> Mr. Three and L last week though. And that's had he done this yeah, last yeah, you, year, I'd have been real nervous. That, <laughs> Jeff, you remember who else started 3-0 last year? The Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. That stadium 
with that amount of people crammed into it for this game is I man I there's a bar right by there so either way I think I'm watching it downtown nice. gonna that be game so is going to be it would it's going to be so hard for San Francisco to win that's going to be fun and to they're going to play their asses off and it this is this is the game of the week oh yeah this is undoubtedly the game of the week I'll tell you this I'd rather them win when they play Seattle in the playoffs than win this week but they're going to win both. <laughs> My other thought, believe it or not, my other thought is that I think that San Francisco is such a powerful team that there's only going to be a couple of times that they might lose this season. And if there's a time that they might lose, it would be on the road in Seattle mm-hmm. early in the season. I don't think that they're a 16-0 team, yeah. but I think that they're a 14-2 and team. Oh, and yeah. if there's going to be one of those twos, it, it's, it could very well be and Seattle. And it, it could be the on. kind of loss that empowers, is good for a yeah. team. You know, as, as much as still, they're going to win. <laughs> and the less said about my Cowboys having to go to Arrowhead, the better. Oh boy, oh boy, yeah. All right, folks, there you go. Tailgate will be back next week. Del Rio, congratulations, yeah. brother! Yeah. In a couple weeks, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. You thank can get you. us your picks or something, or not even worry about it. We'll do catch up picks when you get back. You I can't back. wait to see that uh, next Thursday. Should be, or if you can get it to a Wednesday, I should be fine. Can't wait to see your eyebrow list picture. <laughs> uh. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week.